Well, that's good work, class, but we'll call it there for today. Keep working on your laughs, and uh, next week we'll all get together and do them at an orphanage. Maybe I can sound human next time. <laughs> Welcome to Big Damn Cast. Fuck you. My name is Chris. How many more of these, Johnson? My name... Coming up, we've got your emails to respond to, some Wiffles Waffles and Dickery, but also Batman discussions. Oh, are they really going to go there? Yes. Wait until you see. But fire. We haven't seen it yet, by the way. No, that's of this recording. It's yeah. not a thing we've watched, which means that everyone who's read the title and got outraged by it should now go, oh, yeah. oh, wait, hang on. What are you? Ah, We're going to discuss we the got Batman, you. but we, we have not seen the Batman. We got you. You've got to stick around now to find out what we're fucking talking about. Uh, and if you want our review of the Batman, spoiler free and spoilery, come back next week. Yeah. Uh, right. We're not going to give it to you, but come back and you know on the promise that you'll get it. We'll, give you, we'll give you some. Give him something. Uh, Must we? But first off, uh, Matt. Yeah. A new Marvel legend. What has begun? What have you seen? The final unquote trailer. 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 For April the 1st, and I wish that was a joke, uh, Morbius. Oh, God, no. Well, have you seen the first two oh, trailers God, for Morbius? Have you seen no. the first two trailers for Morbius? Yeah, I wish I hadn't. Well, guess what? You've seen the third trailer for they Morbius. They moved it to April the 1st. Are they fucking kidding? That's when it's coming out, April 1st. Are they asking to be mocked? I hope so. Because it now stars, you know, freaking award winner, Jared Lowe, you see. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> I wish I would strip him of his rewards and beat him to... No, I can't say that. No, you can't say that. Beat him to fuckery. Beat him to fuckery with you him. You can say that. You say that. That's fine. That's acceptable. Um... <clears throat> That's me crawling out of my skin whenever Jared Little speaks in the world somewhere. You're obviously not his demographic. Which is oh, okay. Yeah. Young ladies he praises Sure, upon. sure. On his island. Um... I'm, not, I'm obviously not his demographic, which is cult. Culty boy, the pipes are calling so, uh, the final trailer for Morbius is intriguing for a couple of reasons. One, it heavily features Keaton, supposedly as Adrian Toomes, egging Dr. Morbius on to becoming who he was always meant to be. And I'm like, wait, hang on. If this is the same Adrian Toomes from the MCU, what the hell's he doing? Like, Adrian Toomes of Spider-Man Homecoming wasn't a supervillain. He wasn't like... Oh, I like being horrible. I like being you. you got to embrace your true nature. Like, that's not who he was. He was just a dude trying to screw over Stark's company and damage control because they screwed him over. He just wanted to basically do a few big takes and then split. Listen, this is obviously a variant Adrian Toomes. Well, is it? Does Keaton know that? Remember when Keaton was interviewed about it three years ago and he went, I had no fucking clue. I just showed up and said the words they gave me and called it a day. It was like, <laughs> now that's wow. what an award-winning actor does. Is it? Yeah. He's a thread in a lot of today's topics, so we'll get back to him. The oh. trailer also remembers Matt Smith's in this fucking movie. 
Um, Who's Matt Smith playing? Matt Smith. Oh, let me remember. Let me find his name again. I think it's Hunger. But it's like it's 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 a it's a it's a. Sorry, his name's Hunger. I I think so. I need to double check. It's a character from the fucking the who who wrote the majority of Spider Man in the nineties and shat the bed with it. Howard Mackey. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, it's Howard Hackey. Howard Hackey. Uh, it's it's a character from that era. He, he's he's Loxius Crown, aka. Hunger, created by Howard Mackey, debuted in Spider-Man Volume 1, number 76, in 1997, because all of these villains are villains that Avi Arad tried to put on lunchboxes. Don't like that. Um, Don't like that at all. Yeah, Either he's, his civilian name or his, or his uh, villain name. He, he was an agent of Hydro who basically worked for federal agencies undercover and then eventually becomes a living vampire himself. Cool. So it's, it's carrying on with the Sony Spider-Man thingy of Oh, the villain's just the hero, but bit di- looks a bit different. Cool. They're carrying on with that, like Carnage, Riot. Oh, it's just the thing, but look a bit different. Oh, okay. That is a red one. That is a Matt Smith. Um, that is a Matt Smith. Like, I feel good for Matt Smith in the sense that finally it's fucking acknowledging him because, like, the dude was cut from the Rise of Skywalker. Did he even film anything? For he it? he recently clarified he did not, but mm. he did do makeup and costume tests. Um, but he doesn't know what else he's allowed to say and he doesn't want to risk getting told off by anybody. Um, he Very strange. was in Terminator Genesis and got a character poster and then was in the film for about three minutes and had like two lines of dialogue. If that. And he just knocked over that water bottle with his mind, uh, which is weird. Matt, can you hear me, Matt? Can you hear me, Matthew Smith? Can you hear me? Daddy loves dick. Um, fucking hell. Oh, Sam. What's Sam doing now? Sam! Oh, my God. Do you imagine if Derek Okora passed away and then moved to the same spiritual plane as Sam? And Sam was like, no, 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 no. I want no, I want you rid of you. No, we're tied together, Sam. We're tied together, you and me. Mary loves dick. <laughs> Derek loves Sam. Um, for our US and Australian <laughs> listeners, look up Most Haunted. You're welcome. Do you do you do you 100 years Derek loves Sam? <laughs> 100 years, 100 seasons. Derek loves Sam. Man, he loves Dick. Uh, mega seeds, mega seeds, Sam. You got to shove them up your ass. Um, so, <laughs> so I feel good for Matt Smith that he's finally getting some actual acknowledgement, and it's weird that a sci-fi fantasy franchise wasn't going. Hey, you remember Doctor Who? That one you really liked? Well, here he is. He's in this thing. It's weird that they've not done that. Yet. It is weird that they've not done up that. to this point. I also feel bad for him because he's in Morbius. So, mm. uh, yeah, this film, I'm holding out hope as we do with all movies. That will be surprised and will go, do you know what? They actually had something to say. And mm. as a man who really likes that character in comics and I like him as a villain. I would love I that. I love this solo. Yeah, I love this solo stuff from uh, the all new, all different era. Uh, Midnight Suns. I don't think this is going to work. No. And I want like to prove wrong. Yeah, I want to prove wrong. But... It doesn't mean I have to watch Jared Leto, though. Jesus. Well, you keep your eyes on Michael Keaton, as we did stress. Right, so I'm keeping my eyes on Michael Keaton. Because Michael Keaton posted an Instagram photo. What did he post an Instagram photo of? This past week. What of? From the set of the movie he's currently working on. Do you know what movie he's currently working on? Oh, um, is it the girl bat? It is the lady bat woman, but not that bat woman. Oh, is that the sequel to Ladyhawk? Nope. So, from the set of uh, Batgirl... Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Three days, three days ago, he posted a dubbing suite photo, Hollywood lot, and put little A. Tombs work today. So I guess he's doing some 
post-production. I mean, the fact that he's just openly going, yeah, I did some stuff as Vulture today. I'm guessing that means he's done some... Uh, ADR uh, for Morbius. ADR for Morbius, yeah. Seeing it's supposed to be out in January, do you think they've done some last-minute tweaking? Oh, yeah, of course. Do you think they've um, looked at the reaction and gone, oh, shit. Shit. But he's been in Glasgow for the past couple of months working on the Batgirl, the Batgirl HBO Max movie. And the other day, he decided to tickle everyone's testes by posting this selfie. Now, there's like archetype of selfies that people post. The you know straight of themselves, duck pouty one. Um, you know the group shot kind of thing. The faking a thoughtful shot that someone else has taken, but it's clearly just me holding my arm out while I'm looking away from the camera kind of shot. The often forgotten art of, of shadow selfies um, isn't that special. Where you just take a photo of your shadow I mean, it on is the ground. It fucking is right. when your shadow's yeah. that. When your shadow's a goddamn bat suit. Yeah. That's him in broad goddamn daylight taking a photo of an outline that looks all what too familiar. What is the Batman doing out in broad daylight? Kicking ass and fighting He should be at home! Washing his tights! Uh, so, um... <laughs> But Keaton also cropped up because once again the Beetlejuice sequel rumours Beetletooth have Well, I've, I've got I've got I've got one better, I think, but it's 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 done the rounds again because Brad Pitt's production company have optioned it and are moving forward with it. And the rumour mill, of course, rumour until confirmed, is that Winona Ryder and Michael Keaton have been in talks to be involved in the project. Listen, I love Beetlejuice, but why? I rest my case. Or in the famous word, if everyone's everyone, if anyone's ever wondered or just forgotten why we say this, in the famous words of Kevin Smith when talking about <laughs> his brief encounter with the Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian spec script in the two in the nineties, says, "Didn't we say everything we needed to say with the first Beetlejuice?" Must we go tropical? <laughs> because Beetlejuice, for those who don't know, if you've not seen it, Beetlejuice is a Tim Burton movie from the late 80s that is fucking amazing. It's you go wonderful. And watch it. It's pure, unfiltered Tim Burton original recipe, filmmaking, story style, art style. Um, it's about a couple played by Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin who, spoiler alert for the first 10 minutes of Beetlejuice, die in a, a sort of uh, accident on uh, a car crash on a bridge and then return home. Except they're not there, really. They're spirits. So they have to learn about what to do now that they're in the afterlife. How well, they are there, but they're them. not there. Yes. And specifically, have to try and get the family of this uh, bougie art, RTE family that's moving in out of their old house. The awful bougie Dietz family. The Dietz family, except for their uh, strange and unusual daughter, Lydia. <laughs> um... So they decide that they're going to learn how to haunt, and at first they seek the assistance of a poltergeist for people. A, no, a, um, a, a, a human exterminator. Bio-exterminator. No, bio-exorcist. Bio-exorcist. I was like, I mean, I'm sure those letters are correct. Bio-exorcist. Beetlejuice, played by Michael Keaton, who's this horrid, ghoulish creature... Uh, who once they realise, yeah, no, this is probably a bad idea. They shake him away, but he's he's got his hooks in. He's a little obsessed with the situation he's now. Denethius. So he sticks around to cause chaos. Yeah. Um, what follows is just a really fucking great movie with yeah. a really good, really good performances all round, but a really good central performance from Michael Keaton as as the titular 
antagonist of the film. Um, in the 90s, after a successful animated series and some successful video games and the character being in like theme parks and like always getting a really good reaction at theme parks around the world, um, Warner Brothers were like, let's make another one. Timbit was like, I'm busy doing those Batman movies you wanted me to do. They're like, okay, well, don't. Release Happy Meal, Happy Meal toys of a pervy penguin man or a leather-wearing Catwoman. With oh a wait, too late! Oh shit! But uh, will you at least sort of produce or keep an eye on our sequel idea for Beetlejuice? And Tim went, "Yeah, sure, whatever, fine." Tim went, "Nice fucking tree." <laughs> uh... Hey Tim. <laughs> uh, n- n- nice, nice fucking model. Um, you okay there, Tim? Um... <laughs> Uh, it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it um, <laughs> Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian was the script that did the rounds for ages which saw the Dietz family buying and then running a fucking resort in Hawaii and then ghosts start bothering it so because they know of ghosts they try to get in touch with Beetlejuice to deal with it you know the guy who tried to forcibly marry their underage daughter in some creepy like think... wedding at the, in the finale of the first movie. I don't think you need to bring the Dietzes back in a Beetlejuice sequel. No. Oh god, absolutely. You have not. another family dealing with Beetlejuice. And I hate the idea that like Lydia Dietz has been has had to deal with this fucker. Now, the yeah. reason why I think people are more open to it is because like with the real Ghostbusters, a what a lot of what people who grew up with Beetlejuice Remember think the of cartoon. is the cartoon in which Lydia and Beetlejuice are Bessie mates and going on adventures and shit all the time. Yeah. Um and the musical, the most recent adaptation of it, has taken a similarish path. Like, uh, there's a bit more of a there two peas in a pod who kind of gel a bit more. Like, the story's a bit more about their side of it. Like, what normally happens in the film in the later second act, third act, yeah. is a bit more of a central focus. Um, because, I guess, for the musical, they wanted to sort of open up the sentimentality a little bit and not make Beetlejuice just an out-and-out villain and creep. They wanted to sort of make him a little more likeable. <laughs> Which, you know, fair enough, whatever. But... The but original source material is not like you would not have Lydia actively be like, yeah, I'd work with him again. I'd, I'd summon no! Beetlejuice, the guy who tried to fucking marry me when I was like fifteen. Yeah, all right, sure, let's go. Um, yeah, so it's 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 no one no one needs Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, and no one needs a Beetlejuice sequel per se. That being said, the climate that we're in is one where people are going, oh my god, Winona Ryder, I freaking love her. That's true. Oh my god, Michael Keaton, he's the best. He is the best. There's like this resurgence in appreciation for those two actors, thanks in no small part to things like Birdman, Dope Sick, Stranger Things. Like there's been projects where the two of them have been in and everyone's been really getting behind it. So I see why there's a renewed interest. If they have to make it, please, for the love of fuck, if you're stylizing that title, put the number two after the B E E and then replace the T with the number two. Be tool juice. Be tool juice. There you go. That Make sounds it. like a home improvement spin-off. <laughs> be tool juice. Oh god. Be tool timed. Wait, what? Be I, I, I prefer beetle juice. You prefer beetle everything. That's true. Speaking of Michael Keaton. Beetle breakfast <laughs> <laughs> again. Uh it was the SAG Awards last week and stuff. SAG. He picked up an award for Dope Sick and he was drunk as fuck. Oh. <sighs> this. It's fun. It's just it's, it's he's, just he's done he's done it before. He's 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 gone to many an award ceremony where he has won or, or picked up an award on behalf of a production 
and he's been off his tits. Good on you. Why not? Live your best life. Speaking of Michael Keaton's tits. Mr. Keaton? His rubbery tits. His nippleless rubbery tits. <clears throat> the Batman's out. By the time you guys listen to this, it's either coming out tomorrow or it's out now. And uh, it's the latest adaptation of Batman because we need another one of those. Kill and... the Batman. <laughs> I mean, I can I can say, I can be this facetious and sarcastic. There is an actual cowl behind me there is an actual on the cowl. shelf. So, you know. <clears throat> no, it's with love. As, a part, as opposed to a casual owl. Several actors have played Batman. Um, Several. In the last like decade alone. Several have done it on the same film. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not always Affleck. Mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> several actors have played him on the big screen. Yes, it's true. Several have played him on the small screen, but we're not talking about yes. that. I mean... Several have played him on the straight-to-DVD and uh, the video market. We're not talking about that either. And we're not talking about the goddamn serials from the forties because I have I have no access to those, so I can't I can't I can't talk about them. But do you know what I can talk about? What can you talk about? Rob Bat Bat and Bat being the latest Batman. Oh, fuck off. And we don't know which direction it's going to go. Like early reviews are in. I've looked at a couple of spoiler-free ones that keep it as vague as possible. Talk about the movie. Seems to be fairly positive. So yeah, he seems to be apparently the least exciting thing about the film, and not in a he's bad, just in a it falls in the trap of every other Batman franchise, which is. Are these villains really interesting? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh great. Um, mm-hmm. Namely, Kravitz mm-hmm. and Farrell uh, with Dano. Probably because with Dano stealing the show, but every review I've read so far being super vague on any details about mm-hmm. him because they don't want to spoil why he's so good. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay. But I think suffice to say, the latest clip that's been doing the rounds of him in the coffee shop is like the Zodiac, the movie. Never just mind the actual murders. Yeah. That that's the vibe I'm getting now, and I'm like, okay, oh, okay. I see what you've done. I but, think they're hiding a lot from us in terms of the Riddler stuff. We've only seen one dude duct tape to a chair. It's true, um, and he is that he is the main antagonist without a doubt. Like he's the villain. Cobblepot's an obstacle. Catwoman is an obstacle slash ally. So, yeah, um, typical Batman. I think the problem with Batman is that the older I get, the more I see him as some sort of right wing. Neil, well, not right wing, but like sort of right wing war on crime adjacent power fantasy for rich white dudes. There's a very there's a very conservative angle to it. Yeah. Um, as journalist and podcaster Mark Bernard said before, like Batman definitely comes from old money, and there is a lot of conservative white like privilege in that angle. Usually in the states, you'll never be like us, Gatsby. We're old money, old as balls. <laughs> Uh, but Old as Balls is the adaptation of Batman. This is just the latest in a long freaking line. And I think we're both pretty excited about this movie by this point. I think I We're, cu- we're curious like enough it. that we're like, here we go. I would like it to be good. I'm prepared for it to be average. I don't think it'll be bad. I know, but like, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes is fucking stellar. They did, they did, they did the slap. They did slap. What was before that? What was Matt Reeves' one before that? Um... Hello, my name is Matt Reeves and I'm the director of... <laughs> That's not the name of his film. The new Cloverfield? Yes, Cloverfield. The first Cloverfield's fucking fantastic. Ten Cloverfield Lane's even better, but they're completely not related, really. Ten Cloverfield Lane! Oh, imagine Dan Trachenberg doing like a, like a GCPD precinct under siege from a supervillain kind of story. Yes. Make it happen, Hollywood. Um, lots of people play Batman on film. We can't talk about our bat, bat, and bat, 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 and bat, and bat yet because we've not seen him. 
But we can talk about <gasps> every cinematic Batman that there has been so far, either in their own franchise, single movie, or series. Okay. I would like us to discuss each of them in order. Starting with... The late, the great, the nobody messes with, Adam West. Adam West. Adam goddamn West. You cringed at that. Not Adam West, you cringed at the Family Guy reference. Yeah. yeah, but if it weren't for Family Guy, there wouldn't have been this weird Adam West renaissance in the 2000s. Where people started to reevaluate like the immediate assumption that he was just this corny actor from the show that everyone hated, apparently. Adam goes west! <laughs> Somebody's been stealing my water. Um, Adam West. I fucking love Adam West. Love Adam West. He was wonderful. It's just a completely different kind of Batman to what everyone is used to now because in a post-Frank Miller world... Yes. It's a a hard sell to people who don't have an appreciation for things being very silly. If anyone's listening to this right now and thinking, yeah, that Batman's daft in it, can we introduce you you to something, a really simple concept that everyone who ever visits it without... Everyone who ever revisits it without actually watching it seems to miss out. It's a comedy show. It's a sitcom. It's got adventure stuff in it and bad guys and, and peril and cliffhangers. But it's a comedy show. It's a live action Hanna-Barbera cartoon. It's a fucking Scooby-Doo. It's a Wacky Races. It belongs in that family of, of like I feel genre. like it's more of a Captain Caveman, personally. How dare you. <laughs> um, Bruce has much better hygiene and cleanliness than Captain Cave. <laughs> thank you very much. And he doesn't hang out with a gaggle of pretty young women. He hangs out with a pretty young boy. Um, so... Who is pretty and pretty young. Um... <laughs> and also pretty hung and used to get laid all the time because he was Robin. Burt Ward. Good lad. Burt Ward made the most out of it. Can you imagine, compared to now, being in a timeline, a point in history where playing Robin got you laid? <laughs> Yeah, it worked so well for Chris O'Donnell. The 60s, um, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it probably did. I don't know. There was everything he did after them. The way he rings that towel out like a ninja. <laughs> that, that, that golden period between Batman Forever and Batman and Robin was really successful for him. <laughs> after that... Uh, well, we'll get to that. Uh, Adam West starred, of course, in the TV series from 66 to 69. He did. But we're talking about Batman the movie. Batman the movie. The 1966 Isn't it like just like five picture. episodes of the of nope. the show edited it, together? It was divvied up into episodes for syndication right. at one point in time, but the movie exists in a little limbo. So Batman was made by, essentially, rights-wise, what we know now as Warner Brothers, because Warner Brothers claimed all the DC stuff at one point, bought DC and made it part of their family. We're talking like in the 80s, 90s when that happened, wasn't it? But the movie was distributed... Oh, the TV show was played on a Fox network sure. and the movie was distributed by Fox. As a result, the movie has been available on VHS, Laserdisc, DVD, Blu-ray for years. The TV series, only as recently as about seven years ago, has been available for, for home media as digital releases, Blu-rays, DVDs. So the memory of the show has lasted for a lot of people because of syndication. The show repeated on American television and European TV networks for decades. Yes. I had watched, in my like early 90s childhood, I had watched episodes of Batman. Yep. Because like Channel 4 or someone had the repeats for a while here in the UK, and they were just 
churn out a couple episodes a weeknight and stuff. Me too, bud. So, the only time I ever got to, like, choose what Adam West Batman I was watching was the movie, which a friend had on VHS. Um, that's what we're focusing on. The movie, for distribution early on, at some point, syndication was cut up into, like, four or five episodes. Uh, but it's not counted as a season. You won't find it in a box set. You'll always have to buy them separately nowadays when you go to purchase them. The movie is basically a giant bumper episode that gives you much more of the length, gives you um, a Batman love story, although it's a subterfuge. It's lengthier. Miss Kitka. It's girthier. You hair one, harm one hair on her head. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, oh, man. oh, it's, it's just a complete, you have to come at it with a completely different expectation to modern Batman. And if you do, you'll have a great time. It's the hush of 66. It's silly Batman. Because four of his villains team up. Yeah. Four of them. Now, some of the villains have been seen together at the same time in episodes before, but very rarely. And it was never like a big deal. It was never a team up. This one, Catwoman, the Riddler, the Joker, and the Penguin. All team up on a goddamn submarine. Yeah. Um, and hatch various nefarious schemes. It's ridiculous. All in the names of turning the UN delegation into dust. Into dust. <laughs> in this universe in which you can reduce a person to dust, and then as long as you put the right dust back with the right moisture, they're fine. But if you don't, they end up in each other's bodies by accident. Which is how the film ends, with Batman and Robin realising that when, like, you know, the Russian delegates yelling in French yep. and the English guys yelling in Japanese and they all just, like... Batman and Robin just... This is how the movie ends. The motion picture, Batman the movie. They've got the wrong combination. Everyone's come back in the wrong body. And they both just, like, back out of the room. It's a sitcom. It's so good! It's not, a, like, a serious action movie drama. It is... It's not a parody. No, absolutely not. it is not. a comedy. Like, so the comics started out dark and broody and detective stories and murderers and serial killers and all that, you know, gangsters, mobsters, that's what it was about. And then the villains started to get a little bit more colourful. Then the comics code thing hits in the 50s and screws everybody over. Batman, one of the remaining DC comics, sticks around and becomes more colourful and wacky and zany. The TV series goes, we like the detective stuff and we think the comics are a bit too weird. Let's like meet halfway. Let's make a comedy show about a detective superhero. Let's just do that. And that's what it is. If you are a young kid, it's thrilling as hell. And Batman is like the coolest guy ever. And he, you are safe with him. You want to be him. Or you want to be with him. Like It's one of those classic sort of like, do you? Men want to be him. Women want to be with him. All that stuff. And it's like, come on. West is suave as fuck in that. He's playing comedy. He's doing Leslie Nielsen later on patented straight yeah, man this comedy. Yeah, very true. But he's a suave looking dude and was at one point during that run considered for James Bond. Back when James Bond yeah. had been a Scot and an Australian yeah. and there was no weird like, he has to be British. The actor has to be British. They were considering an American. They were considering Adam West. Like, there you go. Like, now, that do- would have been an interesting project. <laughs> and I thought Christmas only came once a year. Um... I'm leaning into the Ralph Garman Adam West impression here, but it's worth it because it's funny to do that weird true. inflection at the end of sentences, which he does do. He does do it. He does do it. Um, Batman and this. Bit of a doof, um, but it is a comedy show, so of course it is. Uh, however, it's 
got the gadgets, man. You've seen the Batmobile. The 60s Batmobile is fucking sweet. You've it's seen, sweet the, ba- ride. You've seen it's, the Bat Shark repellent. The, the, the Batmobile that's coming up in this new movie, yes. the closest equ- equivalent to it in a live-action movie to this point, is, is the, the Batmobile from 66. Because yeah. like, the 66 ones there was like a Cadillac. It's like a like smooth, suave ride that's been modified. Yeah. This one's a muscle car. Both of them literally are something that you could see parked on someone's drive and not bat an island until you go, wait, hang on, what was that? And you yeah. look back. Um uh, he's got Robin, which gives him a bit more of an advantage over a lot of the other Batman on this list because he's actually in the package, the proper package of Batman and Robin, because they're not fucking pussies. Like he has Robin. Um, I mean, the whole universe is is more brightly coloured anyway. Oh, it's wonderful. So and, Robin fits better. And like you said, the shark repellent bat spray. Oh, the Batcopter is full of repellent sprays for various dangerous aquatic mammals. <laughs> the bat and, and fish. The bat. Copter, not, not the, the boat, boat, not the sub, the, the helicopter. Because that's right, a shark grabs onto it. Have you seen right? Have any other Batman in the cinematic canon fought off a shark and lived? No. You Thank know you. why? Because I've known Batman directors, and they're all cowards. Um, Do you remember that bit where they get magnetized to the uh, the buoy, which is going to explode, and the 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 boy's going to be hit by a missile from the submarine, and a porpoise. A porpoise blocks the missile and sacrifices itself to save them. I love this movie. I don't think it was on porpoise. I think it was an accident. Fuck! No, because like, it's the fact that he, it's the fact that no other Batman movie can say that there's a bit where Batman gives him a speech about a noble porpoise that sacrificed itself. No, no other Batman movie has you not being able to get rid of a butt. Oh wait. Do we give? Do we give? Do we give West? Oh, what should we? What should? What should be? What should be the the yay or the nay for this barometer? Um, barometer. Two bat ears, one bat ear, or oh. no bat ears. Oh, so like great, good enough, not good. I want even one bat ear. I'm giving him. I'm giving him the two ears, man. You give him two ears. Why are you going for one ear? Because as much as I appreciate it for what it is, I just don't enjoy the comedic tone of '66 as much as some others do. Fair enough. I get it, but it's just not for me. Fair dues. Whereas I, I am no a soy boy beta cook, so yeah. I'm giving him two bats. I have no I'm problem. virtue signaling. You I have no problem with Batman sixty six. I am glad that it exists. <laughs> yeah. I just don't like it's it. It's not your Batman. Some people do. It's not my kind of Batman. I don't want my Batman to be super grit. We'll get to. Mm. Well, I don't. I. It's like it's not that I don't. It's not that I hate that it's silly. It's <laughs> yeah. just that I prefer it to be a little more serious. It. He gets two from me because it's. It, it's a Batman that brings me so much joy. I mean, it is joyful. And as a result, like his performance in that film, and then obviously the show, but we're not talking about the show, we're talking about the yeah, film. Yeah, we're talking about the film. Is a big part of why I enjoy it. I guess that's a film where, like, if it's, it's one of those where it's like you've got a long Sunday, you've got some work to do, like you need to get some stuff done, like, you know, um, laundry sorted, or like you've got some writing to do, or whatever. And you just want to stick some on in the background. Stick on Batman the movie. Stick on Batman. You'll be in such a good fucking mood. The movie. Um, and, and West is a big part of that. For me, it's, for me, it's two ears. You give him one ear. I give him one ear. We move on to the next cinematic Batman uh, to get a cinematic release. 1989. It's the big one. Tim Burton's first and then second Batman movie in uh, 92, Batman Returns. Well, I have gone on record as saying that Batman Returns is the best Batman film. And I've gone on record as saying, you're okay to be wrong. I'm not going to judge you. Um... But yeah, I, I I mean, I think our two favourite Batman movies belong to this Batman, because Batman 89's probably my favourite Batman my movie Batman still. Um, 
It's Michael Keaton. It's Michael oh, Keaton. look, he's back! He's back! He's back in the podcast! Um, um, Michael Keaton's Batman is mm. awesome because... Because he's not, like, super hench. Yeah. And he's not, like, inapproachably aloof and super intelligent. But he's he's calm and collected and thoughtful and weird. We like, never get into his head. No, we never get into his head. He's inscrutable. He's observed by either other people... Or we observe him in a voyeuristic way. But... He's never the main character of either film. So we never get to see inside his, his head. But he's shown to be, like, approachable and likeable. Like, he's odd. Mm. But people like him. Mm. Um, and but Much like Adam West's Batman, time appropriate in terms of the tone and the approach. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, Adam West's Batman was in that era where TV was, you know, like it's a live-action Scooby-Doo. Like, mm. That was the sort of thing they were going for. So that the whole family could watch together. Young kids would thrill at the exploits of their adventures and adults would piss themselves because this is really funny hmm. and then for generations afterwards teenagers would hate it because they just never really took a moment to consider that it was meant to be funny hmm. um keaton's batman's coming hot off the heels of dark knight returns yep the killing joke yep legends of the dark knight like all this sort of era of the comics where it's it's getting you know watchmen has basically turned the world around on like oh yeah comics they can be for adults right it's like yes they're for everyone every age my my ideal batman is somewhere in the middle yeah but this is more towards the middle than like reading year one is oh yeah 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 because because this 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 does it with a wink oh yeah there's a wink and there's a there's a camp to batman and batman returns that I mean, it's in black rubber with sculpted on muscles. Like, yeah. it's it's not... Christopher Nolan, this is not. No. It is gothic. It is gothic. It, but is, it is dark, especially Returns. Returns really leans into that. But it's gothic like a Hammer Horror movie, you know what I mean? It's, yes. It's arch gothic. Yeah. It's like, um, if, it's, like if the, it's like if the 60s show's approach wasn't bright and colourful, it was dark and gothic. Yeah. Although, obviously, it takes its, its content a little more seriously and it's not played... For comedy, though there is totally levity in it, and in Keaton's performance. Um, this is a Batman who does kill. He does kill. Um, because he's a Batman born out of like the 80s action genre. Yep. We've just spent the last decade, if you know, if you're watching it in 89, watching like Schwarzenegger murdering a thousand people over the course of Commando, like you know, you, you've had your Stallones and your fucking Seagulls and like you, all these actors who go through these movies. Where it is cops and robbers, playground logic, you know, um, uh, cowboys, and oh my god, this game we're playing is actually racist, kind of like it's that, you know, it, it's <laughs> it's you know that that's that's where this movie comes out of. It's at the end of yeah, that decade, absolutely. So there is an action figures smashing together element here of yeah, I'll just throw this dude down the bell tower. Fuck it, mm-hmm. why not? He's dun, fighting the bad guys. Dun, dun. <laughs> I I I say this. Batman, in in the comic interpretation and the version in my head and and what most approaches nowadays go for, like with Doc, like with Doctor Who even, that central character Batman in this case mm. shouldn't want to have to kill anyone. No, and the whole point of what makes them brilliant is they always look for the better way, the better solution, the yeah. right solution. But like Superman and others, if that's the only way you can gonna save the day or do the objective. End of this film, for example, like he's trying to rescue Vicky Vale from fucking the Joker. Like, not from fucking the Joker, he tries to blow him, but from, from the Joker at the top of the bell tower, right? Yeah. Which is a kid, never realised that's what was happening. Never realised that's what was happening. I thought she's just kissing his suit. Yeah. Oh, now she's kissing his lapels. Yeah. Excuse me. You have to the devil on the pill, my mind. 
Um, <laughs> and it seems so good. But like, he's trying to get to Vicky Vale. There are a bunch of heavily armed, heavily armed psychos all the way up that bell tower who are just shooting Uzis at him. Not giving a shit. If the only way to get one of them out of the way is to just you, you kick grab him with your legs, swing him into the bell and drop him down the tower, so be fucking it. Yeah. Like, fine. Whatever. He could hit something soft on the way down. Yeah, you never know. There might have been a bat mattress at the bottom. Battress. A battress! Um, a battress, <laughs> a battress <laughs> twixt the buttress. Oh, um, God. But, like, you know, I, I don't mind it in Batman so much because it's it feels of that era of that genre of action movies. It just feels like part of it. There's a tonal dissonance. Well, they it's don't, a video game. They don't make a point of being like Batman doesn't kill. Exactly. It's not established within that world. Yeah. Um, and no innocents get hurt because of him as well. Like he doesn't, no innocent gets attacked or thinking because of something he's mm. done. Um, it's all stuff the bad guys do, which is played for horror. Like when the bad guys kill people, when people are dying in the the gas attack at the parade, mm. it's played for horror. Um, but you know when you see the newsreader like dead on the floor after the new improved Joker product, <laughs> of, of, of fucked her up. She's on the floor with a rictus grin, yeah. stone cold dead, like eyes are dead, just staring ahead. That's played for horror because it's the bad guys doing horrible things. The good guys, yeah, I was coming to kill the bad guys. I don't give a shit. Now, is that wrong? Of course it is, but. It was born of that 80s action genre. That's where it belongs. It's playground pretend fighting. That's what it is. Yeah. So it doesn't take me out of it too much. The only one that ever does a little for Keaton's Batman is played for a comedy beat in Returns, but because he does so it... Good. But because he does it less in Returns, he, ta- he takes less life and there's less wanton destruction from Batman yeah. in Returns. The one moment where he really does it's stands the fuck so out. It's so good. The bit where it's the, so good. Because, because like, again, on a Batman level, it's like, there definitely was a better way than what he just but did. It's where this... he sticks dynamite. That evil clown from the Red Triangle yeah. Circus Gang. Uh, what a weird name. The Red Triangle Circus Gang. Red Triangle gang. Circus Gang. Um, it's got, like, dynamite. And then... He's like, oh, Batman, who glares down at Batman, smiles at him. Batman looks up and, like, smiles at him. The guy's like, wait, what? Looks down, the dynamite stuffed in his pants. Batman yeah. just fucking kicks him into a sewer. Open sewer. It's the sense of humor Yeah, it's, it's, a, lo- it's a Looney got. Tune. It is. It's, it's a, a Looney Tune bit. moment. But um, it is like, wait, did he just... If we look into that sewer right now, is that guy's, gu- are that guy's guts just hanging open in no, the sewer? No, he'd be looking up with a blackened face. Exactly. Like, there'd Miley be Coyote. all over him, and there'd yeah. be smoke coming off of him. And he'd be like... What? As the GCPD yeah. swoop in and handcuff him. Exactly. Like, exactly. So I don't, yeah, I don't um, mind it. I can see why people always point to that moment of, he kills in this, but it's like, yeah, watch those two movies again. They're late 80s, early 90s, 80s action yeah, cheese. Yeah. Um, Keaton oh, is. Smile, that smile. It's the smirk on so his face. Good. It's the bit, in, it's the bit toward the end of Returns where he's like, oh God, where he's, where he's in the bat, like bat boat. Yeah. And he's zipping down the, t- the sewers toward like the lair. And like the penguin missile ever goes past him, like the penguins. Yeah. And he just sort of. <laughs> Keaton can't move his head in that costume. No. He can only really, when he's sat down, especially, he yeah. can only really use his eyes to emote. Yeah. These eyes that are like framed by dark paint. Yeah. Thick paint on his face. Mm-hmm. And he just gives this slight head tilt and look behind him for a second of like. <laughs> and then just carries on and the film doesn't stop to do no, it no he just, just... he's just <laughs> it's so fucking good and 
that's what's wonderful about his performance. It kind of highlights the absurdity of the whole yeah. thing without the world. Like the world takes itself seriously. The world of Burton's two Batman movies takes itself seriously. It's just not a serious world. It's not a serious world. No. Exactly. It takes itself seriously, but it isn't a serious world. In the same way that Batman and 66 ba- does. It, and it takes itself seriously, but it's a, it's a ridiculous world. Yeah. It plays itself completely straight, yeah. but the world itself is not straight. No. Same with this one. Um, except for Keaton, who just has these little moments. <laughs> these tiny little moments where you see him being like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what like, have I got myself into? Just... Oh my god, and 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 the little bits where like he's just so weird. Yeah, like the... Alfred brings him the soup and returns. Yeah, in yeah. the cave while he's yeah. studying the thingy, and he just he just he's like thanks, and he just takes a spoonful, he goes spits it out, and he's like soup, it's cold. It's vicious soir, sir. It's supposed to be cold, <laughs> and he doesn't skip a beat. He just goes like, he doesn't make this noise, but he goes, right. and then just starts <laughs> eating it. The soup he just spat It's so good. It's like he's just sort of going like, oh my god, wait. Oh, right, yeah, fair enough. And they just carried on. Yeah. He's, and just, just, on, he's on another planet. It's, oh, He's god. on another planet. It's it's magical. Um, I mean, he, he gets as well, like, so obviously, you know, Adam had Burt Ward and everything. He's got his version of Gordon and, you know, Chief yeah. O'Hara. But, like, so who have we got in, some, in terms of, like, this Batman's kind of thingy? We've got Michael Goff as Alfred. Michael Goff. Michael Goff as Alfred as his constant companion. Goff is, I think, still to this point, Sorry, Andy. We'll wait and see for next week. Yeah. I think Michael Goff's still my favourite Alfred on screen. Yeah. I think you're right. Like, Kane does some phenomenal work, but, like, something about Goff's presence. It's like the comic book characters just appeared in a film and gone, where do you want me, Master Wayne? Like, it's like he's just arrived. But then he's also got stuff like the really sweet moments, like when he's talking to Vicky in the first one mm. over breakfast about... Oh. about no, he's, he's, oh, he's, he's at after he the dinner bed, yeah. when they get sick of the Putin-style table. Yeah, and so they go, go and eat in the kitchen with Alfred. Yeah, and then he's like, he's telling him like, st- telling the stories about when Bruce was a kid. Yeah, and it's really sweet. Um, you can see that Alfred cares very deeply for this Bruce, yeah. even though, unlike other Batman, we really don't spend time getting to know this Bruce. No, we just sort of observe him because he is sort of an unknowable because he's so odd. I mean, there's even moments we go, no, seriously, why is he doing that? Like when Vicky wakes up after they've had their night of passion mm. and he's just hanging upside down from a gym, like a gym pull up in a door frame. Yeah. You're like, why is he doing that? People, oh, some, moving on. Some people yeah. do that. Some people just do that. Just moving, we're just moving on, guys. Moving on. That's, no, a, no that, that's, a, that's a real thing that some real people do. He's a Batman who is all about the mission. Yeah. So much so that he doesn't really play the playboy. He puts on the events. He puts yeah. on the events. He makes an appearance and then he fucks off to the back home. Yeah. Like it's like when he first when you first properly meet him, you see him a little bit at the party, and then it's when he goes to talk to um, Knox and Vicky Vale, uh, Alexander Knox and Vicky Vale in the uh, like the Hall of Armor, mm. which again the film giving you his backstory without really explaining it. Yeah, like Vicky Vale because we've talked before about that movie. Vicky Vale and the Joker are the main characters of that movie. Yes, Batman's just in it. <laughs> like yeah. Batman's the mystery that Vicky Vale's trying to crack. Meanwhile. Jack Napier's story's happening mm. and then the two stories come to a head. Um, and... Eckhart! Think about the future! Um, but like in that scene, like we, we, we learned through Vicky Vale later about the death of his parents, which of course people who grew up watching the 60s show might not really know about. No. The show the show mentions it, but obviously they never go like, here's the horrific backstory we in We don't get in to see vision. the flashback. So like this is, and this is the first time as well, so this gets a pass. It's yeah. not... It's not 
done done. And everyone fight. does it. But like he does, you know, Vicky does the thing. She reads into the Wayne murder mm. because, of course, it's been forgotten about. It was like 20, 20 25 years ago. No one gives a shit about it. So she has to go back in this made in the 80s but sort of set in that wonderfully obscure is it the 30s is it the 50s it looks like it's the 30s or 50s but there's modern technology well, modern well, for the 80s technology modern for the, modern for the 80s technology um, but all of it presented in a more of a retro fashion yeah the clothes are very 80s and yet the art deco and the, the sort of the the suits and costumes yeah. are a lot like so the mobsters are dressed like classic mobsters it feels retro yeah um well, the mobsters are dressed like classic mobsters until the Joker comes on the scene, and then they're all dressed in like eighties like, yes, jackets with, yeah. with Joker logos on the like stuff, patchwork trousers, yeah. and bomber jackets, and shades and berets and yeah. shit. Um, and like Vicky Vale learns about the backstory, but like early on in the movie, Knox and Vale are just in this hall of armor in Wayne Manor. I want to chat about it. Like, look at him; he must have been king of the wicker people. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and that's all you need. And he says like. Oh, it's Japanese. And Bruce comes in and he's like, oh, it's Japanese. And he's like, how do you know that? It's like, because I bought it in Japan. <laughs> oh, um... <laughs> sorry, Bruce Wayne. And it's like, there we go. Um, it's so disarming. Yeah, but it's, it's like, like... But, it's, but it's the whole thing of like, him going, oh, I bought it in Japan. And you get in the sense, obviously, knowing it's Batman. Of, <laughs> That's such a great no, line. He's... He's totally he's totally done the training, hasn't he? He's yeah, done the training. He and he's gone out there, done the training, and then bought that fucking suit of armor to show off. Yeah. So he has an alibi. Yeah. So he has got an alibi for why he's disappeared over here for seven months, and why he went here for five years, and why it's like oh, so beautifully done without ever actually saying it. Um, <sighs> looks great in the bat suit, man. Like you said, it's it a, it's, it's a rubber it's a rubber um, sculpted thing, and then in Batman Returns, it has a bit more of an armor look to it, like it's a bit more rounded. And it's armored in this, but it's more it's, it looks like rubber. Yeah, Batman Returns, the bat suit matches the shielding for the Batmobile. Yeah, yeah. Which which features in that movie? Just such a cool effect. Um, I mean, Date as fuck now, but such a cool. Date as fuck, but like the beauty of stop motion and early CGI is yeah. that the directors of that time shot to make it look as good as it could be. Yeah. So while some early CGI once it exploded in the mid nineties looked shit by well looked shit by then standards, but yeah. we were all just going, Oh wow, how did they do that? I've never seen anything like that before. And I look at it and you go, Yeah, I wish I'd never seen that. Oh my god. <laughs> because of the way this stuff shot and lit yeah. and, and used sparingly, um, it look it still looks good and it fits this fantasy gothic world. Um you get some fun villains, obviously, to fight. Joker, Penguin, Catwoman. He gets a nice, like, take on those to, mm. to battle. And, um, you know, and you, you get different... You get mobsters. You get a boss, Carl Grissom. Like, Batman never really gets to tangle with, but obviously the Joker takes his empire. And, you know, Max Shrek. Um, How could you make <laughs> Batman Returns even more Tim Burton? You put fucking Christopher Walken in it. In a fright wig. And name it... <laughs> And name him and name him after the actor who played fucking Nosferatu. Uh, it's like what? And then cast his son, who's just basically doing a walking impression. <laughs> just ridiculous. Like, Dad, come on! You're like, oh my god, <laughs> he's doing an impression of him. Do you think he asked him? Do you think he asked if that was okay? What I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna do an impression of you because I'm your son. Okay, fine, <laughs> sure, okay, sure. Um, couple pat. Um, Keaton's great. And there's a reason why people are excited to see him coming back in The Flash. Because the notion of him playing this character again and seeing that weird, very capable, definitely flawed 
Definitely flawed. Definitely flawed, but very capable. Just odd. Yeah. Odd man. Like he's he even though the world's fantastical, he feels like, yeah, this is what would happen if a billionaire was like, do you know what? I'm I'm just gonna cover myself in a you rubber suit. You know I'm gonna myself in a rubber suit and punch muggers. You know why he's like, frightening? Go on. In a way that the um the the Nolan Batman's supposed to be but isn't. Hmm. He's very still. And part of that's down to the costume restriction, yeah. which he just owns. He goes, yeah, all right, okay. I'm going to move in an inhuman way. I yeah. can't, can't turn my head easily. He's very So my still. whole body's just going to swivel. And I'm going to stay in a position. That bit where the spotlight hits him at the, yeah. the Axis, uh, Axis Chemicals in the film. Yeah. Axis, yeah. Right, where he just sort of like turns into the spot. And it's just so, it's so inhuman. Yeah. But immediately it's a silhouette. It's like, yeah. shit, that's a comic book cover. Look at him. But there's oh no, there's no superfluous... Because he couldn't make any superfluous... But there is no superfluous yeah. movement. It's just... Yeah. He's, he's very stiff and still. Like It's like a spider. He, but mm. he moves when you're not looking. And skulls. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And, and oh, it's just... The, the film services him well. Yeah. There's a reason why that's the template that a lot of the adaptations tend to chase to some degree. Yeah. Even Even unique spins on it for the time, like uh, the Nolan take and everything. Mm. Um, obviously, the Schumacher ones were originally set in the same continuity, mm-hmm. although now it's being made more clear that... Oh, no, that's a separate continuity. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, but, the, but the Schumacher films, even they were like, I'm going to change the way this world feels, but uh, fuck me if we ain't going to use that as a template. Yeah. Um, because it worked, man. It worked. And part of it as well is down to Adam. Adam West's version being the most like commonly associated one publicly and then like the non-comic book reading public are hearing about what this this Dark Knight mm. Returns book apparently is really good and they start to get a sense of oh Batman's apparently a bit cool and a bit dark and a bit scary and then they get a movie where that's the case and yeah do I wish we'd got to know this Bruce Wayne a bit more honestly yeah yeah I do um do I think it actually services it better for it to be so restricted from us yeah yeah it's two, it's two ears. For reasons. Two pointy bat ears. Why we'll, which we'll get into very shortly. Yeah. Two bat ears. Two bat ears. Uh, two Val- freaking bat ears. Val Kilmer. I feel so bad for Val Kilmer's Batman because... I see where he's going with it. Yeah. And he's pitching it in a very similar way mm. to Michael Keaton. Yeah, I mean, but, he's directly following on. Like, yeah. Batman Forever was meant to be a Michael Keaton starring vehicle directed by Joel Schumacher, produced by Tim Burton. But as soon as Keaton realised that Tim was not directing... He sort of used that as a... Mm. Mm. And he was standing up for Tim Burton a bit as well because Tim Burton had essentially been like quietly pushed out of this project wow. when Warner Brothers were like, oh, we got so many complaints from families about that last one, so we need to make it lighter. Oh, I'm not sure about that idea, Tim. Oh, I don't Because I think originally, didn't he want to do something with Mambat in the third one? Possibly. I know that came back later, like for the proposed fifth one and everything, but I know there was... Uh, Tim wanted to sort of stay dark but be a little bit more fanciful. And the studio just like, that's when Tim went, I'm just going to step away and do this Mars Attacks film. <laughs> that I really yeah. wanted to do. Um, I've been pre-proing on Sleepy Hollow for ages. I want to focus on that. Batman um, Forever is a really weird movie. We both really fucking love it. I like it a lot, but... I love it. Is, <laughs> it is compromised. Yeah, oh Christ, yeah. And it... It's got one of the laziest supervillain performances in a yeah. movie ever in the form of Tommy Lee Jones yeah. as Two-Face. Tommy Lee, really fucking good Jones. 
I mean, it's still eminently watchable because it's Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, but, but he's, just, not, he's just playing yeah. a laughing psychopath in a Two-Face costume. Um, I the, the problem is, is Val Kilmer's pitching it one way and the movie just sort of undermines him. Yeah. Every turn. Kilm- Kilmer's, Kilmer's following Keaton. <clears throat> yeah. Like, you, you could easily... If it was a, if the third film, if Batman Forever was a Burton movie, but Keaton didn't return for whatever reason, and Kilmer was playing the part, oh. I would buy that this was the same Batman. Yeah. But we're now just getting to know him more. Yeah. Because what this film does, and what I think sh- this was a Schumacher decision, and I think Kiefer Goldsman worked on the script for this one. He definitely did them Batman and Robin. Yeah. But like, this movie makes the brave decision to be the first Batman movie that's actually about Batman. <laughs> Until the edit, the final edit, yeah. removes a lot of that. Because in this film, Batman's sort of... He's lost sight of why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. And you realise through his relationship with Dr. Chase Meridian, played by Nicole Kidman, who's like going for it in the sort of comic book archetype. Is it Chase Meridian or Meridian Chase? Dr. Chase Meridian. Okay. Dr. Chase Meridian. Um, Try Fireman Let's take off This is a great name Because it's like Wow So is that character From the Let me just look Into the Nope Nope Just fucking made just up The movie Made it up Fair enough But also like That's such a comic booky name Why don't you just cool. use it um, I don't know if she's ever been, I don't know if she's been Retroactively adapted Like some characters tend to I, 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 can't, I can imagine At least one Batman writer's gone Yeah go on I'll have a psychiatrist You talk And I'm gonna check I'm right. gonna check But he starts seeing The psychiatrist Because he's having These horrific dreams And as the film goes on he realizes that he's repressed his memory mm. of of the night his parents were taken from him. So, like the film suggesting, which lends itself to it being a sequel to the first two, that he's lost himself in the mission. He's lost himself in the Batman. Yes, Bruce Wayne is sort of disappearing piece by piece, and though he still he appears at a lot more functions in this, uh, like he appears at you know the opening. You've got the opening of a fucking envelope in this one. Yeah. But like, he's at the circus, you know. What I mean, he's at, he's at like the he's going to Wayne Tech to, to look at the uh, the invention, like the invention patents wing, which is where Edward Nigma's based, and then we meet Jim Carrey's version of the Riddler. Um, like he's he's you know he's very he's a lot more hands on, but he's yeah. sort of on autopilot. He's very polite, like he's not just sort of walking around going hi everyone, yeah fine whatever. Like he he talks directly to people. He says to Eddie like, "What you're doing, like, is f- incredible." Mm-hmm. But ethically, morally, I can't co-sign this. You need to rethink it. You know what I mean? And he's, he's yeah. not like horrible to him. He's just like, just, I'm sorry. You can tell that he's saying to him, basically, you've t- you've invented this thing that taps into brainwaves. It's incredible. You've got lost in what it can do. You're not thinking about what it could do to people. So, stop. Focus on something else. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, yes. he's not nasty, but obviously every enigma in this is played as quite a dangerous individual who's very unhinged and doesn't take rejection well. Um, so, oh God, and later on when Carey, like, as Nigma when he's successful, just starts looking like Kilmer. Yeah. Like at the the big gala for the yeah. launch of the, um, what's it called? What's it called? The Box. The Box. Like, like for the launch of the recent one. Nigma Tech. Um, this is your brain on the box. This is my brain on the box. Does anybody else feel like a fried egg? It's like it's like the joint most quotable Batman movie with Batman eighty nine. Yeah, it's it's just so quotable, and a lot of it is just Carey fucking around, um, which I think is also to the detriment of it. Like when he's well, good, well, he's great. Again, like with eighty nine, thinking of it as an action film from the end of that yeah. genre, this is 
Jim Carrey at his most fucking peak superpower world yeah. global superstardom moment. Like, 94 is um, the triple bill that makes him a household name worldwide. Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, and Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Yeah. 95 is Batman Forever, yeah. which, like, solidifies him as a global superstar. So it's, like, peak of the Jim Carrey powers. And he is homaging Gorshin. There is a this lot is of Gorshin yeah, homage from the 60s true. show in there. But it is also a very Jim Carrey performance, which can work against it if you don't like the Jim Carrey performance. I think for the most part, it's actually pretty good. And I, I dig it in that. I think it works really well. And, and the fact that he's overcompensating compared to Tommy Lee Jones just phoning it in... Mm. I'm like, good. I'm glad one of you turned up. <laughs> but the only scene where I enjoy both of them completely is when Riddler first appears in Two Faces Lair. Because mm. because Tommy Lee, you can tell, we've told the anecdote before, but like he did not like Jim Carrey. He could not sanction his performance. It's true. And you can feel that in that scene where Two Faces, of course, fucked off that this dude just showed up in his lair. You can feel it. And as a result, the performance from both of them is really good. The only other bit where Tommy Lee Jones is actually good is at the very beginning where he's monologuing to the security guard. Do you know what I mean? Because it's yeah, like, it's oh, true. that's really creepy. It's true. Um, yeah, it's 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 also really weird because it's like, it should be Billy D. Williams. But anyway. Um, it's boiling asses! Yeah, that guy. Michael Asses! Fucking old Velma. Um, so. But yeah, right off, you've got a, you've got a completely different... That, that opening mm. action sequence feels so different. Because mm. the, the, the Dutch future. angles are back from the sixties TV show. Weird angles, like yeah. weird gadgets. The neon the, starts the neon, to show up. Neon like everywhere. Two faces gang have like masks split down the middle, so you've got red and blue. Because like there were henchmen in Batman eighty nine, but like you said, berets, leather jackets, yeah. puffer jackets, bomber jackets. In in eighty in ninety two, Batman Returns, they're all creepy circus creations straight out of Tim Burton's sketchbook. Yeah. In this uniform bad guys. Like, th- this was video gaming before video yeah. games were video gaming, like, to With, a like, neon swirls on their Tommy Gun yeah. uh, magazines. And they're all, like, hench as fuck and wearing, like, leather waistcoats. Yeah. And just flashing greased-up arms. And then by the time of Batman and Robin, you're like, oh, Joel, bless you. They're, they're very dehumanised <laughs> as well. Like, they like they speak in, like, broken sentences. Yeah. And, and like, huh? Mm. It's very, oh, especially yeah. Batman and Robin. Christ, yeah. yeah. Freezes henchmen, like, it's are very, just sort of very odd. Putty patrol. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, so, so, but, but the villains change the genre of the film enough mm. that Kilmer's portrayal gets lost in the film somewhat. Oh, totally. totally. And then the fact that the edit removes the most crucial seat. So Bruce's story arc isn't resolved nope. except for him declaring that he's come to terms with it. I'm both Bruce Wayne and Batman, not because I have to be, but because I choose to be. Like the bit at the end. It's a fucking great... You read that monologue at the end where he's facing off against Riddler. Yeah. It's a great bit of Batman monologue. Great bit of Batman dialogue. It's fucking great. Um, where he's like basically saying, I've got a riddle for you and everything. And that, that bit's amazing. But the payoff of it is undermined by the fact they cut out the scene. Well, two scenes. One nightmare, one where you see that giant bat properly, yeah. which is a, a practical fucking puppet that you see backlit and out of focus in the film, in the final cut. I would love to see... Which in itself was, Joel Schumacher said, it was a nod to Man-Bat. I would so he was like, I'm probably not going to do Man-Bat, but I'm going to do a yeah. giant scary bat in the nightmare. And there you go, there's your nod to Man-Bat. I would love to see a version of the film with this footage properly reinstated. Because the other bit is he realises why he's repressing the memories. Because yeah. he, he talks in the film about there's a journal, his yeah. father's journal, and they never complete it. 
Go to the deleted scenes on your home media release. Give it a watch. Bruce's father's diary. Yeah. As Bruce found not long after the funeral, so yeah. while he was still a child, the last entry was written by Thomas Wayne just before they went to the theatre. Yeah. And basically, like, we didn't want it. Martha, something had gone on. Martha wasn't feeling well. Like, Thomas was, the business was, something was going down and it needed all of his attention. But Bruce really wants to go to the theatre tonight. And it's this notion that as a child, he read that and immediately took on the guilt. Just guilt, yeah. Like, guilt, so guilt, part guilt. of it isn't... They're changing the mythos slightly, that it's not just like, no, this can never happen to another child. Like, I swear on the night that I will be the terror. that I am the terror that flaps in the night. Like, you know. Hmm? He, he, he basically has become Batman partially to do what we all think he's doing it for, and partially because he feels like it was all his fault that yep. his parents died. What a fucking great angle. We've never seen that before. Up and to they that point. fucking slice it out of the movie. Put it out of the movie. So it's still kind of victorious. The Emery's like, you know, not because I have to be, yeah. because I choose to be. But it doesn't have that weight of like, no, because he's... you've not gone on that proper journey. Yeah, and and it's sort of a shame because I think Kilmer would be remembered more favorably at large by this. I like his bat suits. Mm. We get the first nipple one, which is basically it's the first suit in the movie, and it's it's a Keaton suit. <sighs> redesigned yeah so it's all black but it's got more anatomical like um musculature so it's like more ab proper abs ribs yeah. it's gone back to the first because we've got a uh, hot toys of it somewhere in here yeah so the first film it's got a sculpt but it looks like yeah. a it looks like um a, a, a bulletproof vest size with muscle sculpted in yeah where figure hugging but still kind of bulky whereas kilmer's one is figure sized yes. like it is skin tight svelter the musculature's in there it's got the nips um, it's got the Batman Returns bat symbol. Yes. Um, and it's it's all black apart from the yellow of the bat symbol and mm-hmm. some yellow on the the utility belt. Yep. So it's basically them going, it's, it's the same Batman the same from the Batman. last two films, guys. And then obviously throughout the film you get like different versions. I don't hate them in this. No. The Toyetic invasion hasn't happened yet, but no. like the armored one looks quite cool. There's no reason for him to be wearing it. No. But it looks quite cool. It does look quite cool. Um. Robin's costume's not too bad. I don't hate his relationship with Robin. I I hate the fact that Robin has to be this guy clearly in his late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, like they've, oh yeah. That doesn't work. If you literally aged him down to eighteen, even just eighteen, and you cast someone, Chris O'Donnell's a lot of fun in this movie. Yeah, but if you cast somebody who looked eighteen, it would work. Honestly, so much better. I could have done without. If we're gonna cut something from this movie, they could should have cut the Robin stuff. Instead of the Bruce Wayne stuff. Well, again, with like, with it's... with the with the deleted scenes restored, it's more thematic because yeah. it's the idea of he's seeing it happen to someone else, and it's really tying into his trauma. Well, it does come across in the final cut, but again, but, it, it, but you it, don't see him. June, your partner. Like that's the only reason really he's in it. That and Joel Schumacher was a huge fan of Batman, the television series, yeah. so wanted to bring about the Batman and Robin dynamic. And also, Burton wanted Robin. Robin was going to be in 89. He was going to appear very briefly, because obviously we don't yeah. spend time with Batman really in 89. So it was going to be this thing of in one of the set pieces that was cut, and there's a deleted scene on the Blu-rays, go watch it. Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy dubbed the Batman and Joker um, in, in, in this animatic, yep. uh, which doesn't fit, obviously, because they're not, they're not like... Keaton and, and Nicholson, no. but whatever. 
But Robin was going to appear, and at one point it was Marlon Wayans who yes. was contracted to play the part. He was, um, he was well, he was cast in Batman Returns, and it was pay or play, so he got paid. Yeah, well, yeah, he he wasn't. He got the pay or play because the bit that he was going to be in in '89 yeah. was cut. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, we can't, we can't, we'll pay for your time, but yeah, no, whatever. But we'll sign you on to the sequel, pay or play. And then yeah. when they chose not to use him, he got a payday. So fair enough. Um, I think for me. Because you take, you can tell he's trying. Kilmer gets one. He gets one batter. Oh, he's one batter. Yeah, one batter. Totally. Um, totally one batter for Kilmer. Also, most distracting bat lips. Oh, very distracting bat lips. <laughs> Speaking about bat lips. Well, rubber bat lips. Well, they're immune to your charms. I think we have to rewind, because between Returns, and Forever, another cinematic Batman got a release. Le Kevin Conroy. Batman yes. Mask of the Phantasm. To capitalise on the popularity of, of uh, Batman the Animated Series and Batman Returns coming to theatres, <laughs> Batman Mask of the Phantasm, probably the greatest Batman movie ever made. Yeah. Uh, it came to cinemas. It's beautiful. It's fucking stunning. If you've never seen it, go and see it. We won't dwell on it too long because it's, we've got to use the film. We can't really talk about the animated series. Yeah. But of course... Kevin Conroy, for a lot of people, is the definitive Batman. He was brought across from the animated series into this animated film, because yes. it's set in the animated series canon. If you've got the Blu-ray box set of the animated series, it is in there, um, on the last discs. And it's a stunning performance, not just because Conroy, by this point, he'd done like a season, so he's he, nearly a series worth of recording. So he's yeah. already well in the head of Bruce Wayne and Batman. But this one is the first Batman movie that's actually about Bruce Wayne. Because mm. <laughs> even even Forever, which we say tries to do more, isn't about Bruce Wayne. He's one of the three main story. Like Riddler's story arc is just as prominent. Robin's story arc is just as prominent. Yep. Like this one is about Bruce Wayne and no one else, because it's told Tarantino style. It cuts back and forth <laughs> in timelines. In Medias Res, no. Yeah, because, well, yeah, because um, Batman, present day, uh, a lady he once thought out of his life. She's out of my hair. Andrea. <laughs> Andrea Beaumont. Um, which sounds like such a fucking Batman love interest it's name. Very, it? It's a very Batman love interest name. Uh, Andrea Beaumont comes back, and we keep flashing back to the days that they fell in love. Back when he was sort of starting his training. He'd come back to Gotham. Yes. Um, so we get a little bit of year one in this as well. A little bit of year one, but even even after this, he sort of doesn't he bugger off for a bit and then come back again. I think there's a mention where he like keeps travelling, uh, or or he's, or he's just come back. Point is, I think he's just come back and he's starting his crusade. Yes, because we see him vigilanteing it up and failing miserably. Yeah, and then when he first tries on the costume, and Alfred played wonderfully by the the, the like great Ephraim Zimbalis Junior, voicing Alfred. The look of fear on yeah. Alfred's face when this thing steps out from the shadows when he first tries on the costume. Yeah. And it's an animated Batman. So you're not necessarily going like, oh my god, that's scary. But you feel it through Alfred and the way he's animated. It's terrifying. Like, shots People disappear. But yeah, because it's, it's that whole thing. <laughs> and it's, it's head explodes. Yeah. And it's because, it, it's because, you know, he's like the little boy yeah. he's seen grow up is now this thing that's going to beat the shit out of criminals. And it's like, what the hell is going... It's terrifying. He's wide across the chest as he was tall as a boy. But what's wonderful about this is... This story toys with the idea of Batman nearly not going through with it. Yeah. Before yeah. it begins. Yeah. 
the scene where he's like, he and Andrea are going to basically elope. They're going to yeah. leave Gotham and they're going to get away and avoid her like father's ties to the mob. And he's going to just like, I'm just going to can it. I've spent the last 15, 20 years training. For what? Oh my God. And then he feels that guilt. He goes to his parents' grave and he pleads with them for forgiveness. In the rain. In the rain. In the thunder. Because he didn't count on this. He didn't count on being happy. And it's just like, fuck, what a great spin on this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously he gets to tangle with uh, two, you know, obviously the mob, the different mob and everything, but like different mobsters and the heads of the crime families. No Rupert Thorne though, but you know, it's because they need him for the show. <laughs> but like, he gets to tackle two really big bads in this movie. Yep. The brand new titular Phantasm. Mm-hmm. Is a frightening presence and really freaking creepy. Really cool. And then the third act. Oh, go on, you can have him. Um, Joker inclusion. Mark Hamill's Joker. Joker, baby! Who's, who's hinted at throughout the movie because yeah. one of the enforcers in the flashbacks set like 10 years ago, what yeah. have you, is very clearly the dude who's going to become the Joker. Well, you get that wonderful moment where Batman's checking the photos. And then he sees him and goes, oh. Yeah, he puts two and two together. He just sees like this dude stood there. like the the, the, the... Obviously a pre-Joker Joker. Yeah. And it's like, oh, because the, the animated series goes with the logic of the 89 film of, yeah. oh, this guy was already a monster. Yeah. This just gave him a license to be more creative yeah. with it. Um, the, the, the chemical accident just gave him a new style. Yeah. And yeah, it's he's creepy. And the fact that then he shows up, you go, of course. Because of course one of the mobsters like runs to him and is like, "I need your help." I, I need like you. You, you yeah. looked after us back then. You can look after us now. I need your help. And the Joker's like, "This is fucking hilarious." Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sure. Why not? Like you've come to me. Yeah, don't mind me. I'm not even with Harley or my gang. I'm just hiding out in a fucking abandoned city of tomorrow, like <laughs> futures. <of it. laughs> My 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 wife is the robot who chops the carrots in the it's kitchen, like the animatronic in the kitchen set piece on the ride. It's just like, what is he doing? It's mad and weird, and ends of course with the two of them fighting in the model city, like the model um, Gotham. It explodes around. As it explodes around them. So you basically have Batman and the Joker looking like kaiju-sized yeah. monsters towering over a version of Gotham. It's so good. It's such a good film, and. Conroy is wonderful. Like he gets to flex every emotional muscle in this. Well, one. yeah, because not only is he doing his usual sort of dichotomy of Bruce Wayne and Batman, which he does very, very well, especially considering it's a vocal performance only. But he gets to do Bruce at different and Batman at different points in their life. Yeah, and go on that journey, which I think is really well done. Um, it's two batters, mate. Two batters. Two batters. Conroy, and again, I was just using the film as an example because we can't use the TV series. No. It's still too bad, it is. He, he fucking delivers in this thing. Um, what, what about Sub-Zero? What about Return of the Joke about and Beyond? None of these were in the cinema. Shut up. Yep. What about Killing Joke? Doesn't count. It was a limited screening. We're talking about things that had a wide theatrical release. Speaking of... Batman and Robin. The year is 1997. Yes. Georges Clunet. Big name. Is a fucking big name. Now, he's not like movie star big yet this year the next year and the year after solidify that yeah. worldwide but thanks to a little tv show that okay little it was a fucking it was a global phenomenon called er uh, yeah, uh, that's the latin yeah, yeah, yeah. um uh, <laughs> uh clooney was a household name 
you've done a few bits and pieces, a few films here and there. Um, probably most significantly from Dust Till Dawn, like the year before. Dust Till Dawn's very good. So good, and he's very slick in it. He's very, slick. very good in it. He plays, you know, like again, plot from Dust Till Dawn basically is two really slick Tarantino esque criminals. So Tarantino esque that the script's written by him. Tarantino plays one of the fuckers. Yeah. Um, kidnap a family and go on a road trip. And that's all I'm going to say about that yep. movie. You should go and watch it. But uh, Clooney is like leading that material in that for sure. And remains compelling even when the film changes genre halfway through. Yes. Um... <laughs> Smelly. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, so good. Such a great film. Um, so you think, that guy's Batman. You do. Do you know what? What? I can see it. Is Kilmer not doing it? No, Kilmer and Schumacher had a big falling out making forever okay yeah now do you know what fair enough if we're gonna move on yeah do you know what i think he'll work and they're going for a softer vibe for this movie overall fantastic yeah bring it on clooney doesn't bring his a game to this movie doesn't bring his a game clooney doesn't bring his his b game game. clooney fucking looks at the back of his cupboard and finds a half empty travel guess who and goes With like half the face is um, missing and a piece from it. Cluedo just shoved, Captain Colonel Mustard's just shoved into one of the little flip things, like old crease, and he's gone. Yeah, I'll do. You know what? I I've come around on Batman Robin in recent years. Says it is very yeah. much a Batman and it is Batman sixty six spiritual successor. Mm. It becomes a sitcom. Joel Schumacher goes. What do I love? I love that Batman show I watched growing up, and I love oily muscular men. There we go. There it is, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Like that's Batman and Robin. It's it's that's that's it. However, that is what it is. It's his own personal, like, sexual slash childhood dream come true. Like you can imagine teenage Joel Schumacher conceiving this movie, holding on to mm. it for thirty years, and going, "Oh fuck it, I'm making it." Like that's what this is. However, and it is funny. Intending to be funny. Yes. It's in- That's the thing everyone forgets about it. It's supposed it's to be trying funny. Trying to be funny. Does it suck as part of a quadrilogy? Yes. When when you realise it's the fourth in that series, absolutely. Such a hard snap tonally. I think we're about to see a bunch of like Star Wars prequels revisionism for the two Schumacher Batman movies. Now that Keaton is basically being solidified as oh Batman Batman Returns. Yeah, they they they're their thing. They're their own thing. And this version of him in the Flash yeah. is the same one, because then it means that the two Schumacher movies are their own thing. Good, because people might start to go, "Good, yeah, this is, this is dumb." However, but it's fun. However, big George habits. Clooney, mm. horrifically miscast. He sleepwalks through this film, just doesn't give a fuck. Um, delivers. Imagine all if the they comment- cast Adam West. Yeah. But they hadn't checked to see if he could do comedy. Yeah. That's what this feels yeah. like. It, it delivers all the comedy with just leaden, dull, just complete lack of anything. Why are all the gorgeous women? I'm sorry, i What was that delivery? What was that delivery? What does that, that mean? Like, I mean, I know the line's not a joke in itself, but like, you're obviously meant to play it off as a, a line that the audience go, <laughs> oh, he knows how to pick him, does Batman. Like, I don't just, think he mm. thought it was funny. True. You think he's playing it straight? Like, he's playing this Batman as an action hero. Yeah. It's what a boring action hero. It's a very boring action hero. O'Donnell 
is going for it. O'Donnell's going for it. Alicia Silverstone is going for it. She's not good. She's not good. She's really not fucking good, but she's going for it. Uma Thurman is going, going for it. it. Um, she's got scenery hanging out of her jaws all the way through this. It's amazing that she fit in that cat suit from how much scenery she was yeah. eating every day. Arnold Schwarzenegger knows exactly what he's doing. He swapped out steroids and protein shakes for scenery yeah. for the duration Just. of that film. Like, he'd just show up, he'd film his scenes, and then he'd hit the gym for seven hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just... Didn't even paint in blue. No. He just didn't wear any clothes. Like, all the time, got really cold in the aircon. But George Clooney <laughs> just looks like... He just looks out of place in this. It's so he weird. He looks lost. It's, it's, it's bizarre. I can't think of a moment where he's legit great in it. I can't think of a moment where he's good in it. Like, there's just... You know... There's nothing. And also it's weird because it's like, okay, so Clooney was known as a great romantic lead, like because of ER. Yeah. Right? What's the name of the lady he's with for a couple scenes? Because they just imply that Bruce is in a long term long term relationship with this yeah. lady. But they're on the cusp of he's always sort of holding her at arm's length a little bit because he's on the cusp of having to go, Okay, so I'm Batman. Like yeah. is it, but but they don't really play into it much. They have no chemistry. We don't really get a sense of their relationship. Like just I don't. Like, he does a lot of understated emotional work in it. Like, the plot in this movie includes Alfred dying of a rare disease. Yeah. Or, or he's going to die of a rare disease. And there's a, there's a scene where it's just Bruce Wayne and Alfred. And Goff is. Because again, Goff is consistent. He's Alfred in all four movies. Yeah. He's the through line. He's working his ass off. Even if for this one he's laying in bed for most of it. And, um, <clears throat> like. The scene where, like, the the, the, the the I love you, old man scene yeah. is sweet. And for a moment, I buy that that's the same Batman we've watched for three films. But it feels like it's from a different film. It feels out of place. Yeah, because then the next scene, yeah. he's just back to, like, so what do we know about that? And also, it's got Fifth Doctor Syndrome for me, where basically your cast are arguing for the whole film. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, like, Poison Ivy, and it's based on sort of, like, Poison Ivy's first ever comic book appearance. Yeah. Where, like, Batman and Robin fight over her because they've sort of been, like, you know, bewitched by her chemicals. Mm. And that's a through line through a lot of this, is, like, Robin sort of like, I'm going to fucking, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and be my own superhero. Like, fuck you. Like, I should get all the girls and all this. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? I'm going to say um, it, Chris. I'm going to say it. Two ears down. No ears. No ears. No ears. Yeah, Clooney's a no ears. And the thing is, power to Clooney, bat. great actor. Um, in everything else. In everything else <laughs> and has owned up to this one. Yeah. Like, he joked about it at a Comic-Con panel a few years but ago. He, he, says, like, he said, like, yeah, I'm really sorry uh, that I killed Batman. Yeah. He's awful in this. Because this did kill it. Warner Brothers went, Nearly yeah, a we're decade. Not, we're not touching this. They, they, there's pre-production for a year on... Batman Dark Knight, all one word. Um, yeah, there's loads Batman of Triumphant. Yeah, there's loads of different uh, names that have been banded around for it. Yeah, and, and, and at one point Clooney was going to stick around. At one point Keaton was going to return. Mm. Um, Robin was going to become Nightwing. Uh, there was going to be one version where the Scarecrow was the villain. Uh, there was going to be another version where Scarecrow and Harley Quinn were the villains. Mm. This time Harley Quinn being... The Joker's daughter, yeah, the uh, estranged daughter of yeah. Jack Napier from the first one, and contracts were drawn up, yeah, with Jack Nicholson, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Danny DeVito, um, and Tommy Lee Jones, uh, to reprise their roles, oh, and and uh, Uma Thurman, yeah, 
uh, who, who Poison Ivy dies off screen at the end of Batman and Robin. We don't yeah. see it. She's left in Freeze's cell, and Freeze is basically by the guards of Arkham. A bit dodgy. Given his power suit, yeah, to basically kill Poison Ivy. Um, Very fucking dark. I guess they just ran out of room that week, and they're like, "Well, let yeah. one of them kill the other one." He's, he's got a bone to pick with her because she she pulled the plug on his wife, so uh, you can kill her. Um, but like, so basically, all the actors who played the villains in the films that had died. Uh, well, Catwoman obviously was like alleged. Like she's at the end of Batman Returns, like oh she's alive, but we never see her again. So yeah. they were going to get all the villains essentially to appear in a fear gas sequence that would have been like the third act, yes. based loosely on the animated series episode The Trial. Um, because they talk about this in the the documentaries on the the Batman and Robin, uh, Blu-ray collection. Um, that that was a scene that was going to be in one of these films, and you're like, yeah. okay, all right, okay. Um, but never happened. It did, however, result in the next iteration of the Bat franchise. We've talked at length about these three movies in episodes you can go back and listen to from a year it's and a half true. ago. It's true. Um, we have thoughts. I think we both like Batman Begins. Really like the Dark Knight. Although I like the Dark Knight less every time I watch it now. Yeah, which is fair, fair game, fair point. Um, and I think we're both. We're not mad, we're just disappointed at The Dark Knight Rises. It's just a mess, isn't it? It's shitty. It's, it's a shit it's film. No it's a shit film that's really well made. It's a shit film dressed up as a good film, which is, you know, when you watch a Christopher Nolan film, you never know which one of those you're going to get. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but Christian Bale, we finally have a Batman who is the star of the franchise. However. Like, it's actually about him? Howevs? Too fucking serious, man. As a Batman, yeah. I mean, not so much in not so much in Begins. I mean, ju- justifiably in the first like half of the film where it's intercutting between like before he goes for his training, going for his training, and coming back to Gotham. Like, fair enough, because it's trying to sell the weight of what would push some a young man to go to this length. And yeah. I think the idea of him sticking around into his it's meant to be like late teens isn't it but it's Christian Bale with a mop of hair um, but sure reuse some footage from Newsies um, <laughs> but like it, 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 the idea of him sticking around that late and trying to like con- contemplating killing um, Joe Chill after the trial yeah it's not uh, bad. after the parole and bad, that being that, like Rachel's like involvement in that conversation being the thing that pushes him to go I need to do this differently yeah, and that's what pushes him to go and become Batman. Is a different take on it. Like normally, it's from a young age he makes the decision that mm. he's going to train, and then as he grows older, he develops the idea. Here, it's like no, he gets older, and then gets fucking embarrassed in front of everyone, and and his best mate, and he makes a decision. Yeah, like she bollocking him in that moment, like she <laughs> she bollocking him for having the gun in his coat. Uh, and again, Katie Holmes does a great job in that film. Um, is is the bat flying through the window moment of the yeah. Nolan trilogy, yeah. um, and <sighs> it works fine. The latter half is a little more jokey as he's trying to yeah. sort of probe Lucius to help out without giving away the game yeah. immediately, and then the humor for him is present a lot more in the second one. But by that point, the tone overall is the first one was really successful. This has got to be serious. Yeah, they just get bleaker and it's just less interesting as the series goes on. And he's, particularly in Dark Knight Rises, Batman is just so dull. I, yeah, well, that's the thing. 
as a performance, I think Bale is great in the three films. I don't care much for that Batman. I don't buy that the Batman that would spend the first 20 odd years of his life going through the psychological torment and then training his body and mind and, you know, the Blue Flower and mm. the League of Shadows and all this. I don't believe for a second that the Batman who lost his... The kid who lost his parents who became Batman as a result would lose his sort of girlfriend, childhood best friend and then retire for eight years. No. I also hate the idea that his Batman is Batman in that universe for less than two years. It's just... It, yeah, it, it, it's it's just disappointing. It's it's weird. Let's say, I'm sorry, Bruce, become, Bruce becomes a recluse for eight years? I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. For eight years? Like, what? Just... And then the city builds a statue to him? I, it's... Uh... Like, what? Um, that's not Batman. Batman not Batman. And I know different interpretations, but like, Adam West Batman wouldn't fucking retire for eight years. No, he wouldn't. He He'd would double not. down to save lives. I think of all the lives that have been lost because he and wasn't on watch. It. It's the fact that it's... There's something very selfish about Christian Bale's Batman. He's doing yeah. it for him. And he, 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 it feels like that yeah. in Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises in particular. It, it, yeah. He couches it in doing things for the people of Gotham. Really, he's doing it for his own satisfaction. Yeah, and not like repent, not to repent. No, but because he's like, I'm good at this. Yes, he's jolly. Rachel, Rachel will understand. Yeah. She'll understand eventually. Yes, he's jolly from beating up bad guys. Yeah, not from actually fixing the problem. Yeah, which is fine if you don't pretend that that is what <laughs> that that isn't the case. Yeah, which things like Batman eighty nine don't pretend that it isn't the case. They don't. They don't go into it and and are better for it. Um, as a Batman that's anchored a little bit more in a realistic take as far as like the tech and the interpretation goes I don't think it's a bad job I, I quite well, like I quite like the bat suits the for that is, version I prefer the Begins one with the bulky fucking neck and everything I think it looked I know production wise that's not the one they wanted yeah. but they ran out of money to make it work mm. in that department and went we'll do it in the sequel and then they do and I also like the fact that they stick to their guns and it's the same suit in two and three because not many of these franchises do that. Like Captain America and the MCU's are like seventeen variations of costume. Ten of them look the same, but you look close and you go, "Oh, they've changed that." And they've even Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. The suit's different in all three films. Yeah, subtly, but it's different. And it's like, what? Why? So I kind of admire the fact that the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight Rises, go. They're just gonna wear the same suit. Yeah, and we're gonna see him choose that suit after having worked in the other one. For a year and a bit or whatever, yeah, and make the decision. Yeah, this isn't practical, really. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, Lucius. I want to be able to turn my fucking head, mm. which is a nice fun meta joke about all the costumes before this. Um, but Keaton didn't wuss out on that. He turned he his goddamn head. He that. turned his goddamn body. Um, for, um, see, for me, when you say it's a more grounded and realistic take on Batman, what I hear is <laughs> it's a boring take on Batman. No, I mean, like if they're gonna go for that thingy, I think the interpretation of it is admirable. Like they find a way. Yeah, like, I just also think it's yeah. inherently less interesting. Fair enough, but I can see, I can see, I can see what they went for. Like the bat, the batarangs. This is the first movie where you sort of see, oh, this is why he does this. Yeah, because it's the shurikens, it's the ninja star thing, and you see, it's like his take on them, and you see him 
welding them himself in the early days of the cave and like you know you can see that he's going and the whole idea of how do we make sure we're not traced like all the equipment mm. well we buy it from different companies worldwide get it delivered to different Wayne whatevers and yeah, get them shipped to here and then Bruce with assistance from Alfred builds them himself Yeah, that's like fair enough which you know we know he does but it's cool to see it um we don't get a lot of the the trappings of Batman though that are fun like the Batcave yeah. features so briefly and it's just basically a cavern with a computer bank in it. Yeah. Um instead of a big gothic like structure like in the 89 one or the neon techno dream of the Schumacher ones. Yeah. It's just um no. I I don't I don't hate supporting cast. In fact, I like them a lot, especially Lucius Fox, um Alfred. Finally, we get in terms of a series a Gordon that's given their due. Mm. Like, Oldman as Gordon is great and is interplay off of Batman and the scenes they have together and works quite nicely because it's that whole keeping him at arm's length approach um, of, of, you know, I shouldn't really be talking to you, but you can help us out here. And it, and it has that great scene at the start of The Dark Knight where, like, they bring in Harvey Dent yeah. to be like, we have a meeting with you and he's like, I've got to tell you a piece of my mind. And the giant guy in the rubber app is like, shut the fuck up. Um, like, <laughs> we're working together. I'm not worried for you. Um, it's the Bat voice I, the, the, again, but it's not in Batman Return. Batman Begins. That's the no, weirdest thing. He only does it in the second and third one. Um, I like the portrayal of Bruce Wayne's public persona. Yeah, it's, it's the closest one to the animated series um, take on the character and, and the sixties take on the character, where it's like. Yeah, he's gonna be out. He's gonna schmooze. He's gonna have very public relationships and flings. Mm. And oh, I'm just gonna buy this place on a whim because the staff treated me like shit for my model girlfriend's walking in the fountain. So I'll, I, uh, don't worry, I own the place and all this stuff. It's like, sure, okay, because it that's the first film that acknowledges that he does this, yeah. so that the world thinks of Bruce Wayne as one thing. Yeah. Meanwhile. He's off doing the other thing. Yeah, it's also uh, one where he very openly is like Batman Bruce Wayne is is it is one person. Yeah, it's just how he presents two people in the room is what makes the difference. Um, I also like when he is accidentally Bruce Wayne in front of people, like when he's, <laughs> like when he's knackered in the dark, like he's knackered in the dark night and sleeps through the stock meeting. Yeah, like that is great. <laughs> that stuff's really sort of I like that. That's fun. Mm-hmm. That's got a bit more of a sense of humor to it, and it's in its execution um the same time i feel like the portrayal of batman here from bale and the films themselves and their success and and again we've talked about it like i really like the dark knight i know i know you sour a bit more on it as time goes by but like i really like the dark knight even so the success of this take has cursed the franchise yeah it cursed superhero movies a bit yeah. Uh, so that every decision Warner Brothers and other studios made for a long time was how to make it gritty like the Dark Knight, how to make it, 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 it realistic yeah. like Batman Begins, um, and that tainted the the genre overall for a while, and the effects are still being felt in the Warner Brothers stuff sometimes to this day. Yeah. Whether you like or love or hate or don't give a shit about like the the Snyder take on the DCEU, yeah, a lot of it being there, a lot of him being hired in the first place isn't because of his unique vision, unquote. It's because they wanted someone to be dark like the Nolan films. Yeah, that's why they wanted it, and, I, and again, that's why we got Man of Steel, which is a say... Nolan produced movie that takes Superman. And again, a lot of people love it. Great, wish I did, 
drains all of the colour well, out yeah. of it. Like again, when you say dark, what I hear is boring. <laughs> like <laughs> dull. I I give Bale one ear. One ear. One ear. One ear. You're up. I think I don't think it's his fault. I would. I, I'm rating him here. I'm not rating him higher. Not because of him. It's not. Isn't it? It's like with Kilmer. Like you can see where he's going for. Yeah. It's just. It, I don't think. I don't think. And the same with with, with me with West. I see what he's going for. Mm. I just don't particularly care for it. Adam Wee. Adam Wee. However, <sighs> we got another Batman. Cinematic Batman. Now this is a tricky one. In 2015. One. Ah. As a supporting player in another movie. Ah, you jumped the gun. This Batman then reappears in 2017 in his own motion picture. Will Arnett as Lego Batman. <laughs> Love it. Now, if he'd just, he just been in the Lego movie, wouldn't have counted him. Because it's just a fun comedy. But he's had a Lego Batman movie. But then he had a movie of his own. Yes. Which is... A Batman film yes. is one of the few Batman movies that really just fucking gets Batman at yes. its core. This is how you do a modern take on the sitcom setup of Batman 66. Yes. Um, it's, it, is... it is irreverent. It is flippant. It is facetious. Yes, very it facetious. Is, it is self-mocking. It is meta. But it's also heartfelt as fuck. Yeah. Every single character, off the top of my head, someone correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, but every single character behaves like the core of that character yes. in the original material, in other adaptations. Like, yeah, a lot of the Batman's Rogues Gallery are sidekicks and henchmen in this to the scheme that's going on. Mm. I'm talking about the ones who have roles. Yes. I'm talking about Alfred. Yes. I'm talking about Harley Quinn. Yes. I'm talking about Robin. Yes. Obviously, Robin's very heavily retooled, but it's sort of relying on the public's <laughs> perception of Robin yeah, outside absolutely. of comic readers being, Robin's fucking stupid. This film goes, all right, okay, we'll meet you halfway. He's a really dorky, opt- a super optimistic kid from the orphanage. He's already been orphaned, mm-hmm. and Bruce doesn't even see the connection immediately because he's just being annoyed by this kid. We'll do it. We'll do it that way. Let's go for it. Um, I'm talking Batgirl. It's a nice take on Batgirl where they go, do you know what? Fuck it. In this version... Gordon's retiring. Yep. Barbara Gordon's the new commissioner. Yep. And she'll become Batgirl. Not sure how she's going to balance those two jobs. <laughs> but, um, going forward, but it's a kid's film about Lego characters. So yeah, whatever. exactly. Exactly. And especially the Joker and Batman. Yeah. Zach Galifianakis and Will Arnett as the Joker and Batman, respectively, deliver the most fun performance of those characters in a film. Yes. Because they are... Batman is, is a mockery of Batman that's done properly it's yes. looking inwards it's looking it's it's the franchise going got a bit too self-serious didn't we we should play on that yes and it does it yes. <laughs> and it goes for 12 years after Batman Begins sets a template this movie goes yeah fuck that uh, <laughs> like this is stupid isn't it um <laughs> meanwhile the live action one that's running concurrently is being overly serious <laughs> and it's just like this is great uh, and the Joker it's the first movie where Batman does a great interpretation of it, 89. The Dark Knight hints at this existing mythology, because comics are the modern mythology. Yeah, American yeah, exactly. comics are the one... American superhero comics are the one true American export, and they are the modern 
well, the yeah, modern it, Greek it, gods. It's America's mythology. It is yeah. America's mythology. It, it, it's, it's the Greek yeah. gods of, of the 20th and 21st centuries. Like, people there going, well, but the statue, the, fucking, the whole society's built on religion. It's like, no, but think about it. Look at the evolution of it and what it is. People cover them. People create images of them and effigies of them. Yeah. We listen to their stories and their great tales of heroism and yeah. daring do and, you know, persisting and through horrid And they the cyclical, exactly. They are the modern Greek mythology. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Dark Knight hints at that idea yeah. with the way the Joker instantly is taken by Batman. He's like, yeah, I'll kill him. He's an obstacle. We'll get rid of him. And he's like, actually, do you know what? This is pretty fucking fun. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, he's like, you know, you and I are destined to do this forever. And he was going to be in the third movie as, yeah. a, as a minor character, but he was going to yeah. be in there. And it was like, what a great idea. Um, this movie's a movie about that relationship. Yeah. And about how they kind of need each other. Yeah. Now, obviously, this Joker, when he murders people, it's Lego figures going, oh no, and falling apart. Like, yeah. they're not murdered, and they still go, like, I'm okay, and things like that afterwards. Yeah. But, like, it's a film where they're basically going, We're, we are literally two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And that's what makes us both feel more fulfilled and special. Yes. Which, obviously, when you take that into the realism of other movie adaptations or you take it into the logic of the comics, that's a really twisted notion. Hmm. It's like, oh my God, like one doesn't exist without the other. This crazy clown's going to keep murdering people and like poisoning the fucking water supply <laughs> as long as this guy dressed as a bat is out there to stop him. Yeah. And as long as this guy's dressed as a bat, this clown's going to go, that's fun, I'm going to mess with that. Yeah. This film takes the idea of, yeah, but we all enjoy those stories as consumers. Let's take an affectionate look at it. The, the scene at the beginning where Batman basically breaks up with the Joker in a way that suggests they were never a thing. Like, you mean nothing to me. And the Joker actually getting, like, sad about it is such a fucking brilliant scene. Yeah. It's so good. Like, Will Arnett is funny. He encapsulates everything that people think is cool about Batman, even if he's mocking it by doing it. Oh, the delivery. and he is. But he does it. Like, you could take yeah. the dialogue, obviously not certain lines. Like, no, I don't want it. Don't say that. I'd say, like, other lines. Put it over another bit of Batman footage from, like, a DC straight-to-DVD movie or whatever. Yes. And he'd be like, I mean, yeah, he's doing the Batman things. <laughs> he's doing them. Yes. Um, He's also, if we're talking about just like ability of that Batman, this Batman defeats Daleks, Gremlins, the Wicked Witch of the West, the Eye of Sauron, the Kraken. Like, he gets shit done. <laughs> like, yeah. He gets shit. Like, forget Batman's Rogues Gallery. He defeats like some of those powerful villains in cinema. So he's got the track record. He's got the chops. And he does it with fucking teamwork. Like Batman very rarely does in his adaptations. Yep. The Bat Family. Oh, how he defeats everybody and saves the day. So, I mean, I mean, for, this, for where we're recording in the office, there was a shelf with a bunch of Batman-related movie things on it. Yes. Lego Batman and Lego Joker at their yep. fucking computer. They are there on that shelf. Because they absolutely deserve to be on that shelf. Because there's... Yeah, it's very good. Two very block-shaped bat ears up for me. Yeah, two, 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 two... Yeah, I love the Lego Batman movie. Two block... Two bat ears up. Take us back to 2016, Matthew. <coughs> Take us back to the most, as of this recording, on the 1st of March, before the 4th, the most recent cinematic adaptation of the Batman character. Right, so, here's the difficult one, because this is a tough one for me. It's tough for me, in a way, because I feel the potential here is the thing that I'm most sad about. 
I actually like a lot of what Ben Affleck does mm. with the older, sort of retired, more jaded Batman. However, <laughs> we don't have the younger version to compare it with. Yeah, we and, never we never get that comparison. We never get to see what has been lost by him taking this. Which turn. I don't necessarily think is a bad thing because well, well, the I film's think sort Batman's... of assuming that you, as a pop cultural landscape, know what he should be like. Which is, I, which and is... yet the last film with him in prior to Batman v Superman: Dawn of Jaundice. Was the Dark Knight Ritter, uh, Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, where he's retired and jaded <laughs> because he fucked up, and he it's 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 the Aviarad yeah. of Warner Brothers where they're sort of like obsessed with, Dark with the Returns. Dark Knight Returns yeah. as a template. But I think this is a decent attempt doing that, and I think <sighs> I just wish we could have seen the version of Batfleck that deals with. Wind up exploding penguins. But that's not what they were ever going to do. The Batfleck that, according to Peacemaker, has met Batmite. I don't like. Yeah. I'm not saying give him big fantastical adventures. I'm saying show me the Batman before the fall from grace. But I don't think we necessarily need that for this to be a good Batman. However. I agreed. But to, to sort of see why he's the way he is, you kind of need to tell us what he was like before. And none of them. I mean, maybe maybe Zack Snyder's Justice yes. League fills in more of these gaps. You can tell me, but like, um, not really. But like, all we know not is, really. and no one ever says it. All we know is, he had a Robin. Yeah. That Robin was killed. Yeah. According to the subtitles in their character bio page in the in Suicide Squad from 2016, the Joker and Harley Quinn killed Robin, or Harley Quinn was present when the Joker killed Robin. Like she, she's yeah. she is she is down as as being um, an accomplice to the murder of Robin. Yes. Um, so we've got that, uh, and then in the fir- the final epilogue before talking to Martian Manhunter in Zack Snyder's Justice League, yeah. Nightmare alternate possible future Joker makes again a joke about like you know sending a boy wonder to do a man's job. So like it's just. He's really egging yeah. the point of like, I I ruined your life. So I get that. <clears throat> but we never see what was lost. No. We never see what that Batman was like. And I almost wonder if instead of opening Batman v Superman with another fucking adaptation of the Wayne's <laughs> murder. <laughs> the, one, the one which I hate the most because it's the one where Thomas Wayne is like, he's not pussy, bro. He's going to punch Joe Chill. He's going to punch him in the face. No which results in him shooting them. But like Joe Chill kills the Waynes because Thomas yeah. stands up to him physically instead of every other adaptation where he's like, now listen, we can talk about this. You don't have to do it. And he's trying to reason with him. And he's not pleading or begging. He's just trying to reason with him. He's like leave my wife and child out of this if you want me to give you anything like you know other versions have always gone that angle of like Thomas Wayne trying to protect his family because here's the thing you don't have to protect them by punching the dude in the face which is what then leads to him shooting both him and Martha yeah I I find it weird that people romanticise the Batman v Superman version of, of the Wayne's death when really it's the stupidest version it is the stupidest version instead of having that scene open Batman v Superman have a scene set 10 years ago with Batman, maybe post-Robin's death still, but Batman in his prime, doing whatever, show us that, and then you fucking hard cut to present-day Bruce Wayne. Mm. 
looking at the uniform of Robin and the... Oh my God, sh- Snyder was never going to do this. He was never going to do it. But show us that Batman and his Robin kicking ass and taking names and fucking storming it and being amazing. Still dark and scary or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, having, having been a warehouse or whatever, kicking back criminals' asses. But, like, have them being incredible. A kick-ass scene where these two are a team. They are one entity. They are saving lives. They are kicking the shit out of bad guys and putting them away. And then you fucking hard cut to Bruce ten years later staring at the empty suit of armour with the graffiti on it in mm. the case. Because then immediately you as a viewer go, oh, oh my God, what happened? And you have that understanding of he- why he's broken. You get it. You feel it instead of having to interpret it from a a, a, a moment where he looks at a suit in a case halfway through the film. Yeah. Um, that in turn would then, to me, solidify Batfleck as a more definitive Batman because you would see here's what happens when he is the version you all kind of imagine him to be. Mm. And now you have to deal with the Batman he's forced to become because of his emotional baggage, because of his stubbornness to like actually let people in. You know what I mean? It's just... It's like... The Dark Knight Returns as a book got away with not really doing that too much, showing us what was lost. Because it was coming in after 30, 40, 50 years of pop culture knowing what Batman and Batman and Robin was. Yeah. So then this book comes along and you go, that book is the, oh my God, what's happened? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas this Batman, we've never seen that. We've never seen a DCEU Batman back when he was apparently Batmaning around. Like, yeah. Like, uh, Black Adam is set seemingly present day or at least near present day in, yeah. the, in, the, in the present day set stuff for a film that's coming out. Could you imagine if they did a bit of that legwork and they set it in like the 90s? Mm. And as part of that world, we briefly see or hear of the exploits of the Batman, the Batman and Robin and them kicking ass and taking names and like turning Gotham around. That would at least then in that universe lend something this to the Affleck interpretation. Now, that being said, that's all hypothesizing and me complaining about why I don't give a shit about this Batman. <laughs> why does he work for you? Why, why is he a Batman that makes you go, now, actually? Because I got all the stuff that you just c- complained about not being present yeah. from implication. Yeah, so you don't, you, yeah, that's what I'm saying, is you, you don't mind the backstory being something that's in your head. No. Well, because it, it's not in my head. It's in no, that's, that's, yeah, yeah, oh no, yeah, but I mean, like, the, it's, it's... You, 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 you put the pieces together from what they give you. Yeah. Um, for me, I wish it was more visceral, because this Batman... We see him be visceral throughout that film. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think they're consistent with it. Oh, God, no. Certainly I mean, not in the Justice fa- The fact that by the end of Batman v Superman, he's like, I was wrong. And then Justice League, you know, either interpretation, obviously one more flippant than the other, but like, mm. either interpretation, he's suddenly like, we're a team. Let's get a team together. There's a big threat, but it's okay. I'll work with you. Yeah, when we've makes... spent a whole film going, I hate anyone who's different. It makes more sense. <laughs> it makes more sense in Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I can um, I can imagine it's a more palatable continuation to the point where there is now a Blu-ray set out called um, uh, something like Zack Snyder's Justice League The Collection Mm. and it's Man of Steel, the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman and the Zack Snyder's Justice League on home media release. So that's like, you know... So they've they've now gone, if you want it to make a bit more thematic sense overall, here's the three of them in a set, everybody. It will. It will will make more sense. Um, 
Yeah, I... But yeah, it's not consistent. By the time uh, Justice League rolls around, you can see that Affleck's heart isn't in it. And that, and that, I think, even in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm. Um, and... I mean, so it's working. Working on Justice League was definitely the final twist of the knife that made him go, "Yeah, I'm, f- I'm done. Yeah. I'm finished with this." Um, Which has got to be horrible to get your dream job and then it'd be shit. But in in the press tour, famously of BVS, yeah, he's done. Yeah. He's so done. Yeah, and it's it's. We now know that, that was due to a lot of personal problems and everything, but the fact that it starts to show up, yeah, in both versions of the Justice because League because he saw what happened. He saw what they made. Yeah. He, he he saw what he had made and he knew it was bad, um, man. And so, well, yes, bad man. So yeah, he, like the only the only time I remember watching Batflex Batman and going, all right, like sort of going, yeah, I buy this. Is the post credit scene of Suicide Squad? This is for me personally, having, yeah, that having only seen the theatrical cuts of those movies. Yeah, like the post credit scene of Suicide Squad. Yeah, where it's him and Waller, yeah. and, and Waller basically makes it clear to him like. I know who you are. And he goes, and I will fucking shut you down. <laughs> and it's just this, this like checkmate moment yeah. of like impossible, you know, uh, immovable, um, unstoppable force and immovable object yeah. meeting. And it's great because it lends a lot more weight to that version of Amanda Waller. Um, who's skinny. She, she's really eat something like, you know, it, it's, it lends more weight to that and it builds that world in a nice way. Yeah. At the end of a film that's fucking awful, like Suicide Squad is terrible, but like at least in that post credit scene you go, okay, all right, I can see where this could be going. And Affleck brings it and I'm like, yeah, I buy that that's the Batman on the job, pretending to be Bruce Wayne, but knowing that he doesn't have to completely pretend with this person. Yeah. It's like, great. Um, I don't feel like he, his heart was in it in the cinematic cut of Justice League. You no. telling me in the Snyder cut, it's similarly still it's just not better. quite... Better. Would you say that that's in throughout the film in general, or is it in the scenes that were shot for Zack Snyder's Justice League? Because he was one of the actors who came back to shoot some stuff for it. In I, I think when you the the prologue, the epilogue with Martian Manhunter and the the nightmare stuff, mm. I, yeah, that's, that's just a mess. Yeah, um, is, is is he not shining it particularly? He doesn't shine it particularly. Like um, I have seen, I have seen the nightmare scene. Yeah, from the end of it, it's and I'm like, fine. it's fine. All right, that's, that's how I'd spell the word shite, but fair enough. Well, I mean... It's cool. It's, it's something that Zack Snyder does well. It's very visually cool. Like, yeah. look at Deathstroke's post-apocalyptic outfit. That looks cool. Oh, yeah, the, the, the team yeah. looks fucking awesome. Look at look at Joker in that outfit. What's he doing? That's weird. That looks cool. Shame it's Jared Leto. Yeah. Um, Batman's Nightmare outfit. All right, looks cool. Fair enough, whatever. I mean, if everyone knows it's Bruce Wayne by this point, why is he fucking bothering? Because he's not Bruce Wayne. He's Batman and that's his face. <laughs> um... Yeah, just... I mourn the Batman that Bat... yeah. Batfleck could have been. I want... As a fan of the character, I just I can see that passion in the interviews and everything prior yeah. to the film. And knowing how much... Affleck... Affleck took Daredevil because he wanted to be Batman. Yeah. And he thought if he did Daredevil, he could prove himself in that genre and that then he could be considered in the future. For Batman. I really desperately want to give Batfleck one by it, but I, I can't. I can't. I, I, They're just I can't not person, good. Yeah. It's just not good enough. Now, so we're, we're, both, we're both giving him no bat ears. I, I, I have to. It's just not good enough. And, like, and, and, the, and you know, not for lack of trying, but like he's, you know, 
he's not really given a chance to shine. He's too big. He's yeah. He's too. He's too. Like I get that you want your Batman to be fucking jacked, but you just have that moment. He's where... not creeping around in the shadows in the corner no, of the room. Because you get that moment in BBS where the, the cop shines the light in the corner and he's there hanging, and it just looks wrong. Mm. It doesn't look right. Does it look good for a warehouse scene where he's beating the fuck out of everybody? Sure. Yeah, it looks good. Sure, it looks right, good. Fine. Like, the standoff against KG Beast? Sure. Yeah. Fine. I mean, taking a bit of a risk, aren't you? And it's the whole thing of, like, when people go, ah, oh, but Keaton's Batman kills. It's like, yeah, but so does Batfleck. Yeah. He fucking murders people left and right and centre in BVS. Um, and again, don't mind it if it means that someone else's life is at risk, but you tell me that Mark Kent's life is not at more risk when he blows up KG Beast's fucking flamethrower it's trick. It's true. Very weird. It's true. Um, I don't hate the suit. And then I see it in motion. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Like, Keaton is stiff and stilted, but it sort of works because of the way it's shot, the way he physically presents himself. Affleck... I can't remember who described him as this once, but they said that it looks like... Affleck in BVS looks like someone squeezed a gorilla into a diving suit. <laughs> it doesn't look comfortable. No, it doesn't. It doesn't look comfortable. Like, Keaton doesn't look comfortable, but he doesn't look uncomfortable. Yeah. So it doesn't distract you. Batfleck looks uncomfortable in that costume. Yeah. I think the Justice League alterations help because it's definitely been streamlined a little and then the yeah. semi-armoured version in Justice looks League way better. looks way looks better. Way better. Um, and it's not changed that much. It's just little tweaks. Little tweaks here mm-hmm. and there um, that make it look a bit more manoeuvrable and a bit more like, oh, of course he looks uncomfortable. He's wearing body armour. Fi- yeah. Fine, sure, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think we would be saying, I think we would be giving him at least one ear up had we lived to see Ben Affleck's The Batman. I reckon so. Because I, I just think I do mourn that movie. Yeah. I mourn that film. It would have been incredible to at least see it. Whether it would have been good or not, obviously, we'll never know. But like, Ben Affleck directing and co-writing with Chris Terrio a Batman <laughs> movie... Of his very own, yeah. where he's also playing Batman. And I think they said as well, like, it was never to clarify whether it was set pre-BVS or post-BVS. I imagine there was versions of the script that were both. Well, the the, te- the teaser end credit sting for Justice League, theatrically anyway, um, suggests that it would have been following that. Because, of course, yeah. Luther hires Deathstroke to, like, work with him. Yes, of course. And Deathstroke was the villain of Affleck's Batman movie. God, that Deathstroke. I wonder where they did it. Um, poor Joe Manganiello. Oh, my God. But, like, oh, a, ba- a Batman movie about him dealing with assassins, sort of a, a Batman Arkham Origins yeah. style, yeah. with Deathstroke being the main antagonist? Yes. Yes. That would have been Affleck's Batman against Deathstroke? That would have been a compelling and interesting experience. And I think had we seen that, we would be giving him at least one ear up. But I can't with the stuff that's on that's on display here. Mm. I can't do it. Is he worse than Clooney? No. As a Batman? No, because he at least no. tries. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> at least he tries. Like, and and I, I really, a lot of my problems with BVS. Yeah. Are various factors. It's not Batman. Batman's just a casualty of it for me as a result. Yeah. Um. I th- I think it's more good. Two Affleck's in interpretation, interpretation yeah. than there is necessarily bad. It's just that it's mired in bad projects. Yeah, 
and and compromise projects and yeah. projects yes yes yes, yes, yes directed yes, yes, yes. by a fucking slime ball and and you know like and then projects directed by a director who it seems is not a slime ball as a human being but Jack Zack Snyder I'm talking about here just to clarify yeah. but at the same time like I don't think I don't think Zack Snyder's a good storyteller I think he's a great visual storyteller yeah I don't think he should co-write scripts and I don't think he should um, have the say on, like, final says on the story or whatever. I think he should be part of the story conception, but I think pe- other people should write the scripts for the films he then directs. I really do think that. Um, An exaculate conception. Because I talked about it for Army of the Dead, like, I don't think it was particularly remarkable, but I liked some really cool ideas and, and visuals in it. And I they thought, don't make I any thought sense. the script was awful. And he wrote it. And I'm like, yeah, I buy that. (laughs) Like, 300 is a visually stunning experience. But all the narrative from it comes from Frank Miller's comic. Yeah. He's just making it. Same with Watchmen. I just, yeah, same with Watchmen. And it's, it's, yeah, I just, this Batman never stood a chance for me. You give him something original, you give Zack Knight free reign where he's not adapted anything, you get Sucker Punch. Uh, Which is dog shit. Yeah. This Batman, I think, could have shone once it was under someone else's eye. Yeah. Or at least one yeah, well enough. Pi Jenkins, like, the first Wonder Woman. Yeah. Say what you like about Wonder Woman 84, and I will, it's shit. But, like, the first Wonder Woman is great and brings the best out of Godot. Yeah. Snyder does not bring anything out of Godot. No. In either of his films where he's directed her. No. Uh uh, Justice League. I mean, maybe better in Zack Snyder's. Maybe this, yeah, better but, in Zack Snyder's. I mean, she would be. Everything is better in Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, oh yeah, it, I can imagine that. I mean, look for at fuck's sake, look yeah. at everything that was in Joss Whedon's Justice League, mm. and then just imagine it better. Okay, but does she have the same shine and sort of sparkle in Zack Snyder's Justice League that she has in Wonder Woman? No, no. Fair, which like, is fair. Wonder, yeah, yeah, so I think what I'm saying is I think that we we missed out on a Batman for Affleck's Batman in a, in a similar sense, where, like, I don't care very much for the version of him we see in the two versions of the films, you know, the BBS and Justice League, that I've watched. Um, and even you, who, you know, has said, like, you really like Zack Snyder's Justice League as an experiment and the stuff in it that you really like. Yes. The stuff you're not fussed about, the stuff you really enjoy in it, and it's a better experience overall. Even, even that, you are still saying that he gets no ears. Yeah. Had he got a Wonder Woman like Wonder Woman got, maybe we'd be saying maybe different. Quite possibly. Um, Rob Bat, Bat and Bat. Who could say? We'll say next oh, week. Dolly. We will say next week with our whole chest. We've got time for some emails? Was them out quickly? Uh, no, we haven't got time for emails. We do not have time for emails. We will get to them next week. Oh, God, you have to see what time it is. We'll get to yes. them next week. We'll open next week with your emails, folks, and then we'll be reviewing the Batman. So if you see the Batman between now and when we record, which will probably be Monday, Tuesday, Probably. Uh, more likely Monday at the moment. I'll keep being posted. Keep being posted. Live production. Um, live production meetings. Email us bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Yeah, we'll get to them eventually. You can also uh, finger our wares on the social medias at bigdamncast on Twitter. But and you can keep the you? lights on at patreon.com slash bigdamncast. Despite the ominous countdown, there is something worth supporting for. Yes. you just got to be patient. If yes. Till next time. Till next time. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Oh no, that's the Fat Man Beyond slogan at the end of the episode. We can't, oh, we no, can't, we can't use that. that. We can't nick that. But what we can say is 297 down. Three to go. Oh. Oh.
old chum. Look at this cat! Yeah, the cat's just melting into the carpet. I can't see this.